Okay, welcome to On Two is a podcast where we break down animated movies. Uh, this is season two, so we're breaking down Pixar movies. We're going in order, except for the new ones, of course. And this week we are on Finding Nemo. Nate, uh, break down kind of your relationship uh, with this movie for me. Right quick, my dude. Yes. I'm running the show this time, right? I or are you running the show? I thought I was. But... Hey man, that's hey, that's good though. We can go back and forth. We can bounce off. Okay, good. Oh man, we really put in the work then if we both wrote down stuff. But okay. Um but yeah, real quick, another quarantine episode recording remotely. Um Talent Household hit with some internet scares. Uh oh. So we'll just run it and see where we go. What's been um, going on? I don't know. My mom has been having issues with it. And uh, since it is kind of like a new age thing, we have like the ta- like the Talon 24 and Talon 50. But what it actually stands for is Talon 2.4 gigahertz and Talon 5.0. The 2.4 seems to be a little wonky. So I'm on the 5.0. So we'll see how it goes okay. um, when it comes to Internet stuff. I just know the basics. So I don't, I'm not that, that well versed, but I also know Comcast freaking blows. So we'll see how that goes too okay um hit me with the question uh would your relationship to the movie uh before rewatching it okay so um i saw this movie in theaters mm-hmm. at the ripe age of about seven um first 10 minutes definitely traumatized me as a kid i remember bawling in the theater pretty much um and then after that uh it was Probably the movie, like, while in those later uh, single digits that I watched most, it's just one of those movies that was always on, that DVD that kept getting played, which makes sense because Finding Nemo, I found out, is the highest selling DVD ever. What? Which is pretty crazy. Ever? Ever. Of anything? Of anything. And that makes sense, I guess. But, um... Yeah, so it was just constantly on. But as I grew up, since I watched it so much, and I can, I could pretty remember, I can pretty much remember it uh, beat for beat. Um, I really just, it, I never really rewatched it at all. I'd catch it on TV every once in a while, certain scenes or whatever. Um, so as I got older, the kind of um, what's it, the magic was worn off from this movie, you know. So whenever it would come up, I'd say, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. Um, when in discussion with Pixar, it's like I watch The Incredibles every freaking day. Uh, I got uh, Toy Story always in the back of my mind, stuff like that. So when it comes to building these lists and these discussions that we would have all the time, Finding Nemo was just kind of towards the middle, but I knew it was so great. But it was kind of like one that I didn't really think about too much, mainly because it was just done to death in my brain. Mm-hmm. So I was excited for to be able to take. I've been looking for an excuse to rewatch it. And this is perfect for that. And man, dude, like, and I feel like we may be on opposite ends of the spectrum here, but I had to shuffle around the list again. Cause finding Nemo is beautiful, baby. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil my thoughts too early, but I was kind of shocked rewatching this movie. Um, I'm not going to say why, but I, let's just say I going in, I thought one thing and as I'm watching it, I felt something different. But, yeah, I remember this is probably the first movie I remember seeing in theaters. Uh, 
I, you were seven, so I would have been six. Um, you yeah, were actually fetus, I think. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. This is one of those ones that always, uh, there's a few movies where, obviously, I just watched a bunch of stuff. So that's kind of the thing that me and my parents bonded over was like old horror movies and all kinds of, they just let me watch anything that they were watching, pretty much. Um, and then every once in a while, there would be a movie, like a Pixar movie that they would take me to and that they would actually like too. And that worked out for me because they would then buy the DVD when it came out and then we just had it. Um, so I guess we helped in on it becoming the most sold I know. DVD ever. But... I feel like everyone freaking had the movie though. So that's why I was like, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those ones that I think has a lot of sentimental value for me. Um, obviously, uh, I am easily manipulated when it comes to emotional stuff in movies. And if, you know, if it starts pulling the heartstrings, then I'm instantly in. And this is uh, even more so because it's father-son stuff. And that's another rabbit hole that just gets me. Um, so, I've, yeah, I've always been. This one is kind of weird, you know, because I think stuff like Monsters, Inc. and Toy Story, it's like fun. With the exception of Toy Story 3, which also gets sad. Uh, Finding Nemo, I feel like I kind of try to stay away from. Just in the sense where it's like it just holds a lot of uh, memories for me, and it's not the one I rewatch, but the respect is there, and I kind of hold it on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was I was kind of I'm not gonna say I was nervous to rewatch it, but I I didn't know how I was gonna feel rewatching it again because it's been a long time. Yeah. Okay. Um. Do we want to? Do you want to break down kind of some of the behind the scenes stuff or the making of it? Sure. I mean, there's always that one thing that we kind of taught touched on about how um, the water looks so good that they had to dial it back a little bit, which is always funny. Um, some box office: ninety four million budget, eight hundred and seventy one million dollar box office. So another huge success uh, for Pixar. Uh, I mean, critical reception was astounding as well. I mean, Roger Ebert gave it his four out of four and even said it's like one of those rare movies that you just like to sit in the front seat and let the images cascade to the edges of your brain or something like that. And I was like, what the? That seems kind of pretentious. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, Stanton um, is the director of this one. I think it's... Did he do Monsters Inc. as well? Who I don't... did freaking Monsters Inc. Because well, I... Lee Lee Unkrich is the co-director on both. I know that. Um, Pete Doctor, yeah, that's right. Pete Doctor did Monsters Inc. Andrew Stanton does this, um, and he also does Wally, um, and he also does John Carter, which is a freaking flop. Um, do you like that movie? Never seen it. I haven't either, but the few people that I've talked to, everybody says they're like, I like that movie. So I, I actually heard it's not bad. It just was like they didn't know how to market it. Oh, shame. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so like it was rare where he had the, he kind of had the idea for it. Um, as a kid, when he went to the dentist, they had a fish tank and he always thought how they would miss their homes. Um and then one day he went on a walk with his kid and he felt like he was being overprotected of the kid or whatever. So there's that nugget of an idea. And then he went to like an um, 
uh, what are they called? Aquarium with his kid. And he saw these two uh, clownfish peeking out of an anemone. Boom, there's another idea. All of a sudden, everything's lining up. And he wrote the screenplay. And when it um, began production, the screenplay was already completed, which uh, Lee Unkrich said it was pretty rare for um, an animated movie. So they kind of already had the vision. Few, Of course, few minor things change. Like uh, they always envisioned Dory as a male. But he said that he was watching an episode of Ellen and uh, he saw her change the subject five times before getting to the end of a <laughs> sentence. And he said, no, oh, that's perfect. Um, Gil was, I guess, uh, supposed to be a little different, a little bit more edgy, but they softened him up a little bit. Um, I mean, in, he, I guess he's soft, but like, I think he's. But like, he was supposed a... to, he was supposed to like uh, talk to nemo about how he is part of like this bad boy group and everything like that and they're just like no i think that they nailed yeah they they nailed it um but uh yeah they pretty much had it down um they were gonna flash back to the like sporadically throughout the movie to um the mom that whole what happened there but they decided just boom that's the intro of the movie um and then yeah, I mean it's it's freaking Finding Nemo, man. Uh, the voice cast stacked: Albert Brooks as Marlin, Ellen as Dory, um, Willem Dafoe as Gil. You got Brad Garrett as Bloat, Allison Janney as Peach. Good character, dude. I was about to say, dude. Shout out to Peach, man. Uh, just tons of full great lines in this. Are you freaking kidding me? Legend, <laughs> legend. I the, forgot. I knew I liked Peach, but Peach, man. The thing that like kept well, it's funny, you know. Obviously, your sense of humor changes over time, but the thing that just kept making me laugh is how they're all into like any of the dental work that's going on, and they like know all the terminology and stuff. And then the <laughs> it's just it's too much. It kills me. Um, Stephen Root pops up again as Bubbles. Um, John Ratzenberg pops up again as a School of Fish. Um, you got uh, Jeffrey Rush as Nigel. Yeah, dude, freaking Barbosa's in this. Legend, Nigel. By the way, another great character. Andrew Stanton is Crush. Yeah, the he... legendary green sea turtle character. The one that dr- I can't believe it. Like just looking at it, but one of the sharks is Eric. Uh, freaking yeah, the freaking the first Hulk dude. Not yeah. Dude. That's freaking nuts. I... Nicholas Bird is Squirtert, who's Brad Bird's son. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and it's like, yeah, um, Bruce Spence is Chum, and then Barry Humphreys is Bruce, the trio there. Um, I mean, stat cast, once again, in a Pixar movie. What else is new? Good cast, good cast. Um, and I think, I mean, that's pretty much it for the behind the scenes I have on it. Uh, May 30th, 2003 release date. And yeah, the highest, um, the best-selling DVD title of all time with over 40 million copies sold. That, that makes me really happy, actually. Um, I don't know. You know, a lot of it, we just, it's part of our lives that we just talk about movies nonstop and we're always looking at the box office, seeing how stuff does. But I feel like a really underrated factor is just like freaking kids, dude. Like, I remember just being, 
uh, super little and rem- being taught how to use the VHS player and rewatching the same thing over and over and over. So just the fact that like a kid's movie like this can put up numbers like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It puts a smile on my face. I feel like it's something that people don't really think about. I also want to give a shout out to real quick before we jump into it. Mm-hmm. Great score. Good score. Super good score. And an underrated one, honestly. It's not I, one that... The, I agree. It, but it it did make the, the Talon playlist, so it's not that underrated if it made that list. Yeah, it's on the playlist for sure. Um, well, Nemo Egg. Great song. <laughs> listen, so we both kind of broke down. It looks like we both did put in the hard work um, going through the beats of this story. How do you want to do it? Do you want to... Obviously, the story is kind of told in two parts. You get the whole Marlin side of things and you get the Nemo side of things. Do we want to break it up that way or do we just kind of both want to talk about kind of what's happening? Sure. I mean, I can handle the Marlin stuff. Okay. I feel like I'm more on the Marlin side anyways. I got it. That's fine with me. I If I had to bet like my life, I really thought you were going to go... Um, the Nemo side of things, just in the sense that I know how much you like Gil, so I thought that's where. Well, you would I, fi- want to go. I figured I figured you you'd want that because that's where there's a lot of the zain- the the zippy one liners and stuff. Okay, I mean, really, I I'm not I don't want to spoil what my thoughts are, but there's a wow, lot. Of you really, freaking hate Finding Nemo, dude. There's a lot of fun stuff with Marlin. You get the shark stuff. You get the jellyfish. You get. All these. Anyway, let's just let's just start going. We can jump in at any time. Let's kick it. Okay, boom. We're in it. Ocean baby. We got. We're introduced to Marlin and Coral, a loving clownfish couple. In the reef, they got a new home. This new anemone. It's it's off the market, baby. They're buying it. They're lovey dovey. They're kissy kissy. Gucci Gucci. The opening um, shot of this movie, I gotta say, is like really stunning to me you know like you said before we're just looking right at the ocean you know fade from mm-hmm. black and we're and you just hear marlon say wow he says it a couple times and then the mm-hmm. camera slowly pans left and then we see them but it's like i just think that that's such a genius way to kind of put us in that environment um, there's i think there's a lot i think the best shots in this movie are when um it's just like super wide of the ocean and they're so small Mm -hmm. like i think there's such beauty in that um yeah and uh this this beginning does a great job i like something about this movie too as i was watching it it's just i feel like and a lot of the reviews kind of said this as well as i was reading it like people were saying like just the like the largest leap for pixar like something about this movie is like such a leap. Like uh, Monsters Inc. is great and it looks great. Mm-hmm. But, like something about Pixar, I think Pixar's. I mean, uh, Finding Nemo is when it starts to be like, okay, here's here's the Pixar way, baby. And I don't think you really get like a rough movie since Finding Nemo. Yeah, like even the people look better in this one. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, that's because they kind of go more stylized with it as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something, but, um, yeah, so we're just at the beginning. Uh, we kind of find out, uh, we look down and we see that they have, uh, filled this kind of, um, cavern with, uh, 
her eggs. They're expecting some children. But as fish do, there's a whole bunch of eggs here. Um, so we kind of look in and they're kind of going back and forth about the naming, how they want to name these. And he kind of says, okay, half Marlon Jr., half Carol Jr. And that should be about uh, right for me. And then she's like, I like the name Nemo. So then he goes like, okay, fine. That one's Nemo, but I really like the name Marlon Jr. So like half the half of them could still be Marlon Jr. And they uh, kind of go back about their way. And as they swim back up, they kind of see that everyone else is in their homes. They don't really see anyone. And one more fish kind of scurries off and hides. Mm-hmm. And they kind of turn around and you see like the shots awesome too. Just like the Barracuda. Like right there on the edge of the um, screen. And uh, not good. And Marlon is kind of like, uh, okay, Carol, get back in the, get back in the anemone. We just, let's get back to the anemone. And then they kind of keep, she kind of keeps dropping her eyes down towards the eggs to protect the eggs. Um, and he goes, come on, we need to go back. Which kind of, I like how early on it kind of gives, um, a little sense of Marlin's character. Like he kind of is this protector, mm-hmm. but he kind of does this quick, maybe too fast of logical analysis of certain situations instead of feeling it. And of course she wants to protect her unborn children. So she of course zooms down and he goes to do something, gets hit by the barracuda, gets knocked out. And we go to black. And from here on out, it's going to be known as the Barracuda Tragedy of 03. Um, that's what I say I have in my notes because Nate Talon was balling as a kid. We go down and I'm getting a little choked up, you know, talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. He goes down and he can't, he's saying, Karen, he can't, he doesn't know where she's at. And he, he looks down and kind of it's that similar shot where we saw the eggs kind of spilling out. Now there's nothing there. And Marlon goes down, and there's just, he's like, oh, it's all empty, but he finds just a single egg, and he picks it up, and it's cracked a little bit. And then he's kind of like saying, it's going to be all right, it's going to be all right. And then, of course, he says, Nemo. And then, boom, baby, we get the beautiful score. Boom, Pixar Animation Studios presents wonderful intro. I gotta say, this this whole thing that we just started with was only, this is the first five minutes of the movie. That's it. And, you know, a lot of times I think people talk about showing and not telling, but I think the dialogue in this scene in particular really works for me just because we learn so much in such a little amount of time and not in the even evil villain sort of way where they're just, you know saying their whole plan like just a little banter back and forth you know uh i think is it carol or is it coral i have coral 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 it's coral like their little bickering back and forth because he's really proud of this new house that he got and she's like do we really need all this and he's like yeah you know it's a great place for the kids to grow up so then it's like boom oh okay we kind of start to know their dynamic and they even kind of flirt a little bit talking about 
um, how they first met. And he's like, oh, I got a hook in my lip. You need to get closer to come and, you know, check it. And then, you know, he does a fake kissing noise. And that's, you know, what ultimately leads to him shooting out of their house and everything's gone. And he turns, that actually happens more than once in this movie. But yeah, just a little stuff like that, I think is just awesome. And it's crazy how in such a little amount of time, um, we can learn so much and go through this whole, you know, heartbreaking part of the story. A lot of people bring up uh, the beginning of Up, but honestly, that's more like the first 15 minutes of Up because there's the mm-hmm. whole him as a little kid and then we get the whole married life thing. This is a smack dab first five minutes and we're in and out of this sucker. So, And why I think, why I think Pixar is so good at like having these emotional things early in the movie or later in the movie is they were just great at constructing likable characters and as soon as someone's likable you're caring about them Mm -hmm. so that's kind of exactly like you said in the dialogue these become very likable characters you can if you're a married couple you kind of relate to them right away if you have a if you have parents you kind of relate to them on that aspect and then instantly you have to have them these characters that you just recently like experience loss and also the like just how everything's constructed here is very artful I mean, it's the frickin' egg, and it crossfades to the moon, and you get the Walt Disney Pictures presents, mm-hmm. and it's like it's literally the first five minutes. Like I'm watching it back as we go through with no sound, and it's literally the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's cr- like it's almost exactly five minutes. It's even it's it's wild just to think that she even says that they have four hundred kids, like four hundred mm-hmm. plus. So just the fact that there's one left, and he's got like a crack in the little in in him that's like wow it's almost it's almost a metaphor for the entire movie dude the act of finding one single fish in the entire ocean brother doesn't wait doesn't this movie have like one of the best taglines ever what was it i'm gonna look it up right now we can keep going and i'll use it at the end but i just that just reminded me okay boom the moon that I just said mm-hmm. crossfades again to the sun. Finding Nemo on screen. We're getting it. We cut to older Nemo. We see he's got a little baby fin, but he's got a regular fin. Does, does the reverse of what we typically see in your uh, typical Hollywood movie. And he's waking his dad up because he's excited for the first day of school. Um, basically, Marlon's not having. He's kind of half asleep. You know how it is. Um, but instantly we kind of see how the dad Marlon is because Nemo kind of shoots out of the anemone and Marlon gets scared right away. And then he kind of we see that he's kind of a little bit of an overprotective dad asking him questions, going through this whole kind of rigmarole. Ask him how many stripes he has. Nemo says three. He's like, ha, got you there. No. And then he realizes, yeah, he has three. So he's basically looking to keep Nemo slip and looking for an excuse for him not to go to school. And he kind of says, you know, we, we, you don't need to, we can, we can do it five years, five, six years. <laughs> he says five or six more years. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is great. Um, and they do their kind of whole morning routine. And instead of brushing their teeth, they kind of brush themselves up against the anemones so that they can, uh, um, the anemones used to them so they don't get stung. And I just think that Pixar always excels at doing the small stuff like that, like they always bring in or they have their animators go to 
these very scientific focus aspects of what the movie they're making will be like they went and two marine biologists to learn how fish would move and stuff like this. That's what I thought. I um, thought that like they required their workers to like take these classes to learn about these fish before they even started yep. making this movie. Yep, which is just crazy um to think. Um but then yeah, so then we're ready to go to school and you see them swimming through this beautiful environment of the reef. Um and yeah, that's just something about this movie as well. Is since they're kind of underwater, they have this freedom to just add color all over the place. So I think they do a great job on contrasting to these blues, um, like all the this plantation underneath the uh, ocean that looks so beautiful. And we kind of get this cool uh, crosswalk sort of thing, and a redfish is like the stoplight. And then we see this kind of meetup area where all these fish come to go to school and we get to we're introduced to a bunch of different um, i don't i'm not a a, i'm not a fish expert so i can't start rattling off all i need to know nemo and marlin are clownfish um they run into the parents of like the trio that we get like the seahorse the octopus and the long long nose uh fish and they kind of uh poke fun at marlin say he's a clownfish tell us a joke all this sort of thing which literally is one of the probably got to be the most obnoxious things ever, mm-hmm. um, just in real life as well. When you say a com- you're a comedian, and then someone says, "Tell a joke," it's like just stop. Yeah, what a nightmare. I don't think like even like the funniest people I know, like I I don't really know anybody who like tells jokes in real life. Like who do you yeah, know who says like these three people walk into a bar? It's like what the heck? Yeah. But, I don't know. It's just one of those funny things. But even like. We see this all the time in Pixar movies, but when we're shown a new environment, like when Sully and Mike are walking to work, you know, we're seeing the environment that's around them. We're meeting the other monsters and stuff. And in this, it's it's the same thing. On their way to school, we're kind of learning the neighborhood and the environment that they um, are living in. And we see other parents dropping their kids off uh, at school. And so you see like this big, I don't know what type of fish it is, but it opens its mouth and all the kids come out, you know? And, yeah, yeah. uh, but you know, I think that they made a strong choice too, that the first thing that pretty much happens when Nemo shows up. And like you said, they run into the three parents of, um, that have their own three children, but they, they kind of start to bully Nemo immediately. They say, why does he have mm-hmm. such a small fin? It looks funny. And then, you know, the parent knocks him upside the head and says, Hey, don't say that. <laughs> yeah then the seahorse is like h2o yeah. intolerant the uh pinky kind of shows their shorter um tentacle which i guess technically would be like the octopus's penis so that's interesting and then um the long nose one says <laughs> i'm obnoxious and i thought that was just great because that's how kids are because you can tell his dad's probably just calling him obnoxious all the time um but anyways uh, of course, Marlin's skeptical and keeps trying to convince Nemo to stay back. But that's when Mr. Ray oh, shows up. Uh, the Manta Ray kind of like a duo of like the bus slash teacher. And I love how they kind of make like his nose slits kind of look like a mustache on mm-hmm. him a little bit. I thought that was clever. Uh, one thing I also want to point out is just how awesome it is. How the light kind of shines under the water like permanently throughout the entire movie. Like, just how to render that, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm looking at it, it's, like, I mean, crazy. 
but anyways no i just go ahead i don't know i don't want to spoil this maybe too early but i while i was watching it um i'm just looking at this movie and it's just another thing that i tip my my cap to pixar for it's because they just throw us in these environments that maybe we're we're not used to or we don't know a whole lot about because um, obviously we live in the real world and i think that sometimes their stories do also revolve around the real world but uh, for finding emo specifically it's like they just make like underwater so cool that anytime we go to mm-hmm. the dentist office or we go you know we're by the land i instantly want to go back underwater you know it's like i'm having such a good time yeah. learning about everything under there it's like they make it so cool mm-hmm. that they make normal life seem kind of boring you know you think in this store we yeah. want to you know see how they work in the real world which we get a taste of it but it's like I don't know, man, the ocean's so big. And I think they just do such a good job of um, showing this whole life, you know, system under the water. And I never want to leave, frankly. The The water looks incredible, like you mm-hmm. said. And I don't know, I could watch it for years. Uh, I agree. But yeah, we get this kind of small exchange when Marlon's introducing Nemo. And uh, Miss Ray goes like, hey, Nemo, where do you live? And he's like, I live in a C-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-
we're seeing all the different fish and you know it's just with the music blasting and then you know he's looking over the edge like wow we're just in the same seat as him so there's a lot of pov stuff of just kind of the environment and i just think it's done so well just how it's put together the cutting back and forth it's just it's money but yeah um yeah go ahead um and yeah so then as we're there we kind of see um the kids kind of bring up like uh um the edge pretty much nemo it's his first time there the drop off uh they kind of push um i forgot exactly what they yeah, do yeah he says he pushes him off the and pulls him the... back he says save your life yeah 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 <laughs> i think i'm thinking then uh, they kind of goes like, ah, oh, you guys made me. Yeah, that's, get that that's famous the one line. I always used to hear from this movie. Uh, and then you see off in the distance, um, th- this like object, which is clearly a boat to us, but to the fish, the uh, they they say that it's called the butt, and that that's what it's called. And let's see who can get closest to the butt. So they each take their turns to go swim out a little bit, and then one person swims out a little bit farther. The next swims out a little bit farther, and then it's Nemo's turn. And just on cue, Marlin shows up and kind of stops Nemo, calls him crazy. What are you doing? At this time, Mr. Ray kind of shows up as well and says, what's going oh, it's on great. here? Just in this moment. <laughs> cool, because like, while they're arguing, you know, Mr. Ray is like peeking his eyes through, just watching, and all, you can see all the other fish doing the same thing. Um, but I just want to note that Nemo doesn't even attempt to go out yet. You know, he's, he's saying like, yeah, he is, be, he's being like, nah, my yeah, dad. And then that's exactly careful. when Marlon shows um, up and, you know, it, it turns into a big thing, but yeah, at first Nemo isn't even really going to go out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then of course Nemo's embarrassed during this whole kind of thing. Marlon's going into complete freak out mode. And while uh, Marlon's kind of talking to Mr. Ray, um, Nemo's swimming out to the butt. Well, there's even an important line that's said here, Um, you know, because obviously uh, Nemo's super embarrassed and Marlon's like, listen, you're going, we're just, you're going to go in a year or two, you know, he's trying to kind of take him home. And there, you know, Nemo is giving him a lot of resistance and he even throws out the line, I hate you. Which and then uh-huh. you know Marlon and Mister Ray start talking, that and that's what causes Nemo to go. But it's like before we go any further, though, it's like that's kind of the last thing that he says to his dad before this whole yep. thing goes down. Which is everyone's worried about that being the last thing you say before someone dies and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah. Nemo goes out there. Marlon notices that he's all the way out of the boat and he starts freaking out and getting angry, but freaking out. Uh, and then Nemo just kind of has a pout on his face and he touches it. And then all the kids go like, oh my God, he touched the butt. And it's supposed to be funny. And we go like, ha ha ha. Very comical. And then after he touches it, Marlon goes like, ha, okay, you proved yourself. Now come on back here. Swim on back here. And then as he's swimming, we see the reveal of the diver. And I think they do such a great job of making, like, the humans mm-hmm. the monsters. They look huge. Here. Just in terms of, like, yeah, just in terms of, like, um, perspective. And they do the same thing with the with the barracuda by showing just how big it is compared to these fish. Um, 
but yeah, like the human's huge and we see that it's just a, just a diver, nothing like in our world, that would be too crazy. But to them, it's this giant monster. Um, and as soon as the diver shows up, Mr. Ray kind of takes the kids and goes to protect them. Um, and then we see the diver kind of take out this bag and kind of pick up Nemo. And at this time, of course, Nemo's freaking out. He's calling for his dad. He realizes his mistakes and all of this. Um, but it's too late as Nemo is um, picked up and kind of brought back to the boat. And the boat takes off and Marlin chases it down. As the boat takes off, we see that it kind of hits a bump and these goggles kind of fall off and drift into the ocean. But Marlin's still chasing after the boat. And, of course, the boat's way faster than Marlin can swim. So it zooms off past the horizon. Um, but we get, like the like I said, the music here is awesome. Like, the score is just great in terms of just dread. Um, but, like, also these shots... And it happens a couple times throughout the movie, but like Marlin comes to the surface and like when the water's splashing on him and he's all wet and we see the light from the, um, like mm -hmm. the true sunlight hit him. Like it just looks so good. Like, I don't know how it looks so good. Like I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't remember it looking that good, man. Like this is like, but that's what I mean when it's like, I don't think from this point on, like, of course, Incredibles is interesting because it's the first mm -hmm. one that they have all humans. But still, I don't think like there's like a bad looking Pixar movie that's like rough. Even Monsters Inc. Mm -hmm. was pretty good in terms of like not looking rough, like showing its age. Um, yeah, I think Monsters Inc. is kind of. But yeah, something about well, those. Yeah, yeah, I think kind of for me, I think Monsters Inc. is kind of that first one that kind of sets them this. But but like my thing my thing is like the kids in Monsters mm -hmm. Inc. Besides Boo, like all the kids like and I I guess they get away with it too because a lot of yeah them I was about are to like say because most dummy, of the time they're robots dummy kids um, and there's only a few times that they're actual actually kids but I can see what you mean um, just with the yeah like it's the Toy Story um, thing where it's like the toys look great but as soon as we see humans it's like um so yeah. i guess in that sense of the argument you're right because the humans in this do look pretty good um and you know the, you talked about your love of the wide you know the wide shots and it's just showing how small marlin is or just any fishes in this huge area and in this moment of the story i think it's done to perfection just because you know he himself is almost kind of lost as well he's not sure which way the boat is gone he goes to the surface he's looking he can't see anything yeah. he's getting hit with waves he goes under and it's just open you know and it's pretty much empty he mm -hmm. goes and he does see other fish but it's so interesting just to think it's like this is somebody who's lived his whole life underwater and but he's really probably only stayed in just a general area and knowing how big the, the world is mm -hmm. and how big the ocean is it's like man how the heck do you even like in this you in the entire world how would you even know how to where to begin to find you know where this boat went it's just it's done pretty well yep um and yeah like you said after everything it kind of goes down and he's going against um kind of the current that all these other fish are swimming at he's asking them bumping into them they're saying get lost all this sort of stuff um and that is until he crashes into dory 
Um, I looked up what type of fish she was and I forgot it, but you know, I actually have it. I have the, um, Dory is a regal tang. A tang. Um, but yeah, bumps into Dory voiced by uh, Ellen DeGeneres herself. Um, and, uh, this is kind of honestly, probably the most famous character from finding it kind of makes me sad if i'm being honest um yeah i agree but it is an interesting character to it be is fair. yeah it is um, for sure Bre- brings up the boat she kind of says that oh yeah yeah i've seen a boat um and he says where 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 and he, she says oh went this direction follow me so then he starts following dory and he keeps following Dory, and eventually Dory starts looking over his shoulder. <laughs> like, why is this guy following me? Mm-hmm. Which I think is awesome. <laughs> like, as an introduction to her character. And then uh, she kind of finally turns around and says, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> why are you following me? And he's like, you literally told me to follow you. We're trying to find a boat. And then she says, oh, a boat? Yeah, I've seen a boat. It's just this direction. Come follow me. And then we start to get a sense of what's happening. Um, and pretty much right off the bat, I was honestly surprised at how quick this happens, but we kind of run into yeah, Bruce. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like their first thing. And before we even get into Bruce, yeah, the first um, conflict, before we get into the shark stuff, um, I guess we kind of braced over it. But when Marlon was taking Nemo to school, you know, there's just a, there's a few quick throwaway lines there, um, which I, it's kind of funny looking back just, oh yeah, yeah, I've. I meant to just because it's like, up, yeah. you know, obviously this is a, just the thing that little kids do where they don't stop talking and they just constantly keep asking questions. And it's funny looking back just because I literally do this every day of my life still. Um, but mm-hmm. ne- yeah, Nemo's, you know, asking, uh, have you ever, have you ever seen a shark? Have you ever met one? Um, and, you know, Marlon's, of course, like, what? No, he's like. Uh, my friend told me the turtles can live up to 100. Is that true? Have you ever seen a turtle? And it's like, well, if I, you know, if I ever meet one, I'll ask him about the shark, too. You know, it's just like a little throwaway stuff here. Mm-hmm. I I love that when it was like, uh, like when he, because it was very much a dad line of like saying like, yeah, well, if I ever run into a sea turtle, I'll ask him about a shark or whatever. Like that whole kind of exchange, how mm-hmm. he brings them two and two together. Um, yeah, but yeah, he kind of brings up all these things that eventually, spoiler alert, um, Marlon yeah, it's like little, kind of like, like you said, they, they thrive the in the little things and they, this is the perfect example of them leaving little breadcrumbs. Um, and then along mm-hmm. Marlon's journey, we end up, you know, it's not more or less conquering fears, but it's just him learning you know and meeting new fish and doing all these wild things that marlon who's kind of a boring guy you would never think that he would get to do or meet. you know um i don't know Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that leaving this movie really puts a smile on my face is you know that the dad moment of looking cool you know oh my dad got to fight sharks and it's like yeah man yeah and we'll get to that we'll get to that um but yeah, they kind of swim in it all in every each and every direction, and they kind of just end up running into Bruce, which is another great shot of perspective and size. Um, and of course, we're 
immediately scared for Marlin and them because it's a freaking great white shark. Um, but turns out he's a vegetarian <laughs> shark, baby. Fish are friends, not food. He's just one. He's interested to talk to them, get their perspective. He wants to bring them to their yeah, invites him to his uh, next meeting. He invites them. We to... don't necessarily. You go. You go. We don't necessarily. I was going to say we don't necessarily know exactly mm-hmm. what this meeting is yet. We're just kind of introduced to Bruce, and he seems super friendly at first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he what? seems friendly. He, if but... they play it off, kind of to the to the point. Yeah, but like to the point yeah. of maybe he's too you know, friendly. They're showing a lot of like teeth. that's how they play it. Um, like... And he's inviting them to a party, mm-hmm. and then Dory's like, "Ooh, I love parties!" Mm-hmm. And they go a little further, and obviously Marlon's nervous. And we see that there's all what what are these underwater uh, things? Mines. They're freaking mines. He calls dude. them balloons. So it's just, it seems like, I guess you could say he's coming off of nice, but I think. It's the it's the it's the type of friendly that when you see in a movie yes, you're supposed yes, to be you're, skeptical you're. of it. Um, but yeah, they kind of take he takes them to a downed submarine, um, and uh, we meet these other two sharks, a hammerhead and a mako, and it turns out it's like some sort of fish eaters anonymous meeting. <laughs> um, and they're kind of all supposed to bring a fish. To, as like their partner or whatever to these meetings to kind of gain per- new perspective on why they shouldn't eat fish um, and Bruce kind of introduces uh, Marlon and Dory and then the hammerhead kind of reveals his and it's it's like this tiny little fish and it's like shaking yeah. in its boots pretty much and then at, the, at its first drop of a hat it zooms off uh, but the Mako's like I don't, I don't, I, I couldn't get a fish. I'm sorry. And then Bruce's like, oh, you can have one of mine. I brought two. You can have one of mine. So, of course, we're, we're getting, we're kind of getting pushed in all directions when it comes to these guys. Should we trust them? Should we not trust them? Um, but eventually they kind of do the whole thing where they hit all the um, anonymous mm-hmm. meeting. Yeah, they say tropes. that they're in step five right um, now, which is bring a fish friend. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as mm-hmm. from this moment, we learn that Bruce is three weeks sober um, or three weeks since he's eaten a fish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, some of the lines and their little pledge is, is awesome. You know, um, he says, I, you know, I haven't eaten a fish. And if I have, uh, let me be chopped and made into soup. And I think that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of they go one at a time up there to kind of... Uh, I don't know, talk in front of the group, and after Bruce, Dory instantly wants to go, which I think is funny. And they say, my name's Dory, and they do the whole, <laughs> hi, Dory. Um, and they kind of go about that, and then she talks about how she made a new friend or whatever, and then Marlon has to go up. She brings mm-hmm. Marlon up, forces him to go. And of course, he says that he's a clownfish. They're like, oh, tell a joke. And they say, It tells oh, the same joke, <laughs> you know, as earlier. It's about a mollusk. He, does tell them. And he never finishes the joke at all. Mm-hmm. Like he just kind of talks over himself over and over again. Um, but this, not that this, not he that there's anything um, like that. This line is great or anything. But I don't know why it's the one that it's one of those ones that always stuck with me. But Marlon doesn't want to go up there, and he they all the sharks just look at each other, roll their eyes, and say denial same time and that's one of those weird things that's always stuck with me i don't know why um 
it's uh, yeah just these sharks it's so interesting to me that this happens so early in the movie but because mm-hmm. it's such an iconic moment but yeah he goes up there and as he's up there he sees the goggles perched on like the top of one of the pillars of the submarine and we get this cool kind of crossfade as he realizes it in the goggles onto the diver's mask back to the goggles on the pillar um, and he's kind of he loses his place a little bit and he's stammering uh, and then he kind of swims off that's to the go end grab of the, the punchline he's telling the joke and then when he's about to say the punchline he looks up and sees the goggles and says Nemo they're all looking at each other and they're mm-hmm. like Nemo and then when he swims off the Nemo. sharks look at each other he's like you know for a clownfish he's not very funny Uh, yeah, and they kind of bring up the goggles and the hum like it's a human goggles or whatever, and they're like humans. They think they own everything. It's like <laughs> probably American, and I think that's funny. Um, but yeah, so Marlon grabs that. He brings it back down. He noticed that there's some writing on it, and then Dory seems to be interested in the writing, so she's like, "Here, let me see." And of course, Marlon and uh, Dory are fighting back and forth, and eventually he kind of lets go of the goggles. They snap, and it hits her in the face. Um, and then she said, "He's like, oh no, I'm sorry. Let me see it. Let me see it." She's like, oh, "I'm okay. I'm okay." But then a little bit of blood starts to s- seep out from her nose and goes right up Bruce's. And then Bruce is gonna go stir crazy, baby, because as soon as the shark smells blood, they're blood hungry, and his eyes kind of all go black. And then we get this chase scene throughout the entire submarine as Bruce is turned into a blood-hungry animal as they chase Marlin. You know, for not being in this movie a super long time, I feel like Bruce is a really good character. You know, like even like right before he smells that blood, um, he kind of breaks down too because he's hearing Marlin tell this story about Nemo, and he's like, "I've never yeah, like... had a father," and he's breaking, you know, he's crying, and then right, that's right when he smells the blood, and we see, you know, it... actually, this is another one of those things. Maybe it's just because I'm such a Jaws fan that I like anything that has to do with the sharks. But he says, "Ooh," and you know, his eyes go from the yeah. normal blue to black. You get like a black, shit, which is what the jaws poster looks like and yeah you know the the other sharks that are there which are a hammerhead and a mako um they say intervention and try and hold him back um but yeah yeah it's this chase scene's pretty pretty awesome uh and they end up kind of caught in this room and they're like looking for a way to escape 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 and dory kind of looks up and notices that there's this crank and she says, oh, look, that crank, it says a, something, uh, it says <laughs> escape. <laughs> and he's like, wait, wait, they can, you can read that? And she's like, oh, I guess it could be pronounced escape, too. And then um, he's like, wait, you can read human? And she's like, oh, I guess I can. And then they kind of twist that as Bruce is kind of I think it's, You know what, not that it's a bad and thing, then, but I thought it's an interesting choice to kind of do the whole shining thing where, like, he's trying to break the door down and he, he's got it. Yeah, and he's like, is Brucey. Interesting. They always kind of put, like, these classical movie references in these movies as well, like The Shining Carpet and Toy Story 1 and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, and then as uh, they escape and they break out, the goggles kind of get caught on Bruce's uh, teeth, and they kind of fly into this uh, torpedo launcher bay that they don't necessarily know it is yet. 
and Bruce is kind of doing the thing as he can't fit in there, so he's banging his head into it. Um, and then the other sharks kind of come up and they're like, "Sorry, he's usually oh, not like this." Oh, the timing of this is great because he's going in and out, and every time he goes out, then the shark will poke his head in. <laughs> hey, I'm really sorry. It, you know, he's normally not really like this. And then yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, Dory kind of notices, and they need to get the goggles out of his teeth. So he's like, oh, I got this. And she pulls out the thing blocking the torpedo. They swim out. The t- torpedo goes into Bruce's mouth. They're able to get the goggles, and they swim back into the torpedo bay. And then Bruce kind of flings the torpedo out into the minefield. But since they're in the ocean, it does go slowly instead of, like, getting launched. Um, and then eventually they kind of all look like, oh, and then hits the mines, and all of them kind of go off as the sharks swim off and then we get this cut to the top of the ocean and it's these two uh um pelicans kind of just sitting on the top and there's a little bubble next to one of them the other one gets up saying it's like nice (laughs) (laughs) and that that i remember that perfectly and it's yeah well we always talk about just like those little throwaway things like in a bug's life where there's the two flies that go into the fly trap uh, this is kind of like that, but there's actually a couple moments like this. Um, like they do a lot of mm-hmm. fun with like people sitting in the waiting room in the dentist's office looking in. Um, but yeah, yeah, the the nice thing is I forgot about it honestly. So um, that was a uh, that was a joy for me. But from this moment on, we switch over to the Nemo side of things. Oh, sh- um, yep. Nemo wakes up and. You know, he's looking around and nothing he sees is familiar. You know, he's going any direction. He keeps running into a wall pretty much. And he realizes that he's in a tank. Um, And not only is he just in a fish tank, but he realizes that he is kind of in the the human world. He's in a dentist office. Um, We can see a waiting room. We can see the the actual, like, uh, dental office or room itself. So, like, he can see people getting worked on. Um, we even hear from the dentist talking about, oh, I saved that little fellow, you know, he was, which is kind of an interesting thing that they kind of show the perspective of the, of the swimmer, the scuba diver, who's like, oh, you know, he was in the middle of nowhere by himself and I saved him. Um, interesting little thought just on fishing there. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, not only is he worried that Nemo worried that he is in a box, but he keeps running into other fish. And they pretty much freak him out. You know, he looks one way and he sees, uh, I think there's like a little treasure chest in there and he accidentally hits it, which opens it. Bubbles go shooting out. Uh, there's a fish whose name is Bubbles and he's obsessed with these things. So he says, Bubbles, bubble, 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 Bubbles. So obviously Nemo's like, ah. Then he runs into Peach, who is a starfish. And, you know, yeah, awesome. Who is Legend. just kind of stuck to one of the walls of the tank and, doesn't even let go, you know. We're talking only one it's, hand it's, comes off, and she's looking like, "What's up?" Yeah, so, it's um, so good. yeah, we we meet all the other fish here, and there's a there's a puffer fish named Bloat. Um, there is a I have it written down as a royal gamma fish, which is just a little purple guy um, who is kind of a germaphobe which I think is kind of funny mm-hmm. uh, that a fish could even be a germaphobe. Uh, the, the Bubbles character is a mm-hmm. yellow tang fish. Um, and then we meet Deb, who is a four-stripe uh, dance fish. I don't know what that means. Um, anyway, 
uh, Nemo's meeting all of these new fish. You know, he is obviously super scared. He's saying, I just want to see my dad. I want to go home. And then uh, the fish are kind of talking about, and they're like, oh, you know, his dad's probably still at the pet store. And then uh, they kind of ask, you know, where's your where's your dad at or where are you from? And then they all kind of take turns saying which pet store they're from. So they kind of go one at a time. We learn that Peach is from eBay. So these fish that are all in this tank are from all over the place. And he says, uh, I'm from the ocean. They're like, oh, the ocean. And then they freak out. You know, he's like, oh, he's contaminated. He's contaminated. He's gross. Yeah, we got to we got to decontaminate him. So then Jacques comes out and uh, would you say, is he French? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he basically like comes out of his little shell or whatever he kind of hangs out in and he gives Nemo a, a nice little cleaning. Uh, and when he's done, he goes, voila, which is great. So now Nemo's clean. Um, and Deb is kind of the blue fish and she introduces herself and says, Oh, I'm auntie Deb. Um, and here's my sister Flo. Deb swims over to the side of the tank and you can see her reflection. Um, so you could kind of tell she's a little off her rockers cause she is pretty much talking to herself. Um, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peach introduces herself as the starfish. Um, and here's a great moment because, uh, there's a patient in the room and who is getting a root canal. So they all, you know, swim over to watch, and they're all doing the dental jargon of, oh, man, he's using, what instrument is he using there? Oh, he's got to use this. And, you know, they're even arguing back and forth, uh, which is just great. You know, I think it's awesome. And that causes the uh, puffer fish to blow up, too. And somebody's like, oh, I'll go get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go to And then we him. get introduced to... You could argue maybe the best side character. He's in there. He's in the he's in the nominees of best side characters. Uh, we're introduced to Nigel. Is he? He's a pelican, correct? So this pelican yeah, flies yeah, up to the window of the the building that this dentist office is in, and he also is in on the the dental jargon. So he's sitting there talking to the fish. They're like, "Oh, Rukinay, oh, you know." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, oh good we got intro. Gotcha, gotcha." And he's like, oh, he favors that. <laughs> he's been using that often, you know, uh, which is exactly what the fish just said before, which is, um, which is great, you know. And they're, you know, they're talking. He's like, where did he used to get it open? I, I love it. It's like my, one of my favorite just running jokes throughout the whole movie. Um, but Nigel then uh, kind of discovers Nemo. Um, they start to talk a little bit. Um, and he says, oh, he, he kind of does the, they say that he's from the ocean. And Nigel apologizes because he eats fish. It's like, sorry, mate, you know, if I ever try to take a, a, a bite at you. He's like, this is a good line, too. He says, you know, fish got to swim, birds got to eat. And I'm like, that's a pretty good line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, the dentist doesn't like a bird hanging out that close to being inside. Um, so then he pushes him out, closes the window. And then uh, we say bye to Nigel for the time being. Um, but then we kind of also learn that the dentist has a plan that uh, Nemo is going to be the next present for his daughter, who will be there on Friday. So that kind of gives us. Is it? His I niece? thought it was his niece. His niece. Okay, for his yeah, niece. Yeah, I think it's his niece. Um, whose name is Darla? 
And we also get kind of a timetable here because we learned that she's going to be here on Friday. Um, so we're not sure what day it is yet, mm-hmm. but we at least know it's within a week. So that's how much time Marlon's got. Um, they, uh, Porcelain Express. Uh, they're just, they're, they're more or less talking about, um, well, I'm just sitting there on my Porcelain Express. I forgot they're talking about the toilet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I just thought was a funny line. Um, but basically, you know, Nemo's freaking out, and he doesn't want to go to Dar. He gets, uh... yeah. Also, can we talk about how brilliant, but also how dark it is when it's like they do the Darla reveal, and it's just a freaking upside down fish in her bag. It's like that's gotta be the freaking worst <laughs> possible outcome. Yeah, <laughs> for a fish's life, other than being just eaten. But, like, even then, it's, like, boom, it's over, right? You're eating. Like, this is, like, you're, like, hitting the top and the bottom of the bag. Over oh God, how many times does she freaking shake that thing? We're counter that with, is that times. worse than just is being left out in the sun? Oh, that, yeah, like, yeah. how SpongeBob yeah. and Patrick die in the... Yeah, that's Regardless, brutal, too. they're worried about dark. Getting... And Nemo freaks out, but when he's kind of freaking out, he gets sucked into the little uh, tube that's, yeah, connected to the filter. And um, it's kind of like his back half is in the tube and just his front half is out. So he's he's just stuck and they want to go and help him. But then we are introduced to Gil. Uh, Some say the MVP of this movie. Uh, And he's... He says, nobody will to himself, baby. And they're all like, what? He's like, he can do it himself. And Nemo's just a little... I almost forget how little Nemo is in this movie. I don't know why... I don't know why I was imagining him just a little bit older. But yeah, he's a little fella. Um, And he basically talks through it that he can... um, He can do it himself. Which he does. You know, he kind of gets himself out of that little tube. um, But there's even a great line here, too. He's like, I... He's like, you can do it. And Nemo basically says, I can't. I have a small fin, you know. And Gil says, "I never stopped me." And then we see that um, he's he's got a scar. He's it's got a baby fin. We also learn that he was from the ocean. It's like, oh man, that's freaking money. But anyway, he gets out, and then we cut back to Marlin's side of things. Yeah, we get like this sweet kind of. Um, they're talking about. Oh, what is it exactly? But I don't know. But there's like something that connects it back to Marlin, and we get the Nemo Marlin transition. Um, and then we are we find ourselves back in Marlin and Dory's shoes. They're kind of knocked out in the goggles themselves as we pull out. But we also see that the the submarine uh, is in a very uh, precarious spot. Um, and of course, they're just freaking none the wiser. Oh, that's that's what it is. That's what the transition is. Is they're like, "Hey, what's your name, kid?" And then he's like, "Nemo." And then it cuts to Marlon saying "Nemo" in his sleep. That's what it is. Okay, uh, so yeah, the submarine's in a precarious situation, and of course, uh, like, and I'm t- I'm talking resting on the edge of a drop-off who God knows how far that goes. Um, 
But, uh, of course, when Marlon notices that they're in this situation, he starts to freak out a little bit. And he goes to kind of grab the goggles from the tip of the submarine. And as he does this, he kind of triggers the submarine to start pushing forward and get off of its little kind of perch. Um, he wakes up Dory. Uh, they notice that the submarine's kind of collapsing right towards them. And they start swimming away from it. Uh, once This is when we get another nice little wide showing scale, showing perspective. And we get the classic movie trope of it coming right at them and it stops right at the perfect time before crushing them to uh, their death. But in this moment, um, Dory kind of loses the mask or the goggles and it starts floating down to the bottom of this dark trench. Um, and we see Marlon kind of swim down and it does this awesome yeah. thing where we just just lose light. We lose all the light. And Marlon is kind of like, oh, I can't see, I can't see. And he flies, uh, swims back up. And we notice mm-hmm. it's kind of in one continuous shot, kind of. I thought that was awesome. Um, but then uh, Dory's like, okay, I'll just go. And then she starts swimming. And then Marlon calls out to her. And she comes back. Um, and we get the kind of famous Dory hyping up Marlon, giving some positivity to it. And she's like, oh, you, you just got to keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Um, and we get that classic thing that no one stops talking about when it comes to finding Nemo. Um, and then we just get them descending in the darkness for a solid 30 seconds. Uh, and we get to hear their back and forth kind of as it goes. Uh, and then we kind of get, um, we get to see, uh, what is it called? Well, for to them, it's like the just like a light mm-hmm. that's uh, illuminating the space that they're in a little bit, just a little bit. But to us, we know that it's um, the tip of an anglerfish. Um, and they also do this throughout the movie as well, like the ocean, like those mm-hmm. little particles that you would see yeah. if you were as small as a fish, which I just think is awesome, like how they're able to do that. It's just brilliant. But they're like lured to this light, which is exactly what an angular fish kind of does. Um, and they're going back and forth, kind of just infatuated with this light. And we kind of get this slow reveal um, behind them of just gnarly teeth. And they kind of like how I always liked how like angular fish are scary looking, but it's kind of interesting to see how these other. Um, fish and animals kind of adapt mm-hmm. to their situations because he his eyes are like glassed over because he's down dark and it's like you can't really see down there and everything but as soon as they notice these giant teeth once again they're running into teeth um like it's clockwork uh we get another little chase with the anglerfish but it's cool because his little light is kind of illuminating this whole scene um, and as they're swimming, uh, just a quick glance, and they notice the goggles. Um, and Marlon's like, oh, we got to go back for the goggles. So then they go back, but then only Dory's able to stop as the anglerfish keeps chasing Marlon. Um, and Marlon's kind of distracting this anglerfish as, they, as Dory deciphers um, the stuff on the back. And this is when we start, uh, she starts to get the P. Sherman 42 Wallaby Way Sydney. And there's like a quick little... <laughs> part where she's like oh i i just need a little bit more light and he like stops and he grabs it and like points it at it and then she gets like the first part of it and it's just 
you know, a comical scene going back and forth as Marlon's in this life or death well, situation. Well, they even do some cool lighting read stuff, too, because slow. in that moment where he grabs um, it and shines it so she can read it, the screen then goes to black again. And then we get kind of a, a darker, dimmer light, and we see that the fish has basically swallowed Marlin and this light, um, and the inside of the fish is lighting mm-hmm. up this whole kind of area, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she gets that piece, Sherman 42, Wildy Way, Sydney. Um, that's, the, that's the information that they need to remember. That's where they're going. Uh, and then as soon as she gets it, uh, Marlon kind of fl- swims back over, and then the anglerfish kind of gets caught in the goggles. And we kind of get a blink as they close their eyes, and we get back, and we get to see how um, the outcome of everything. And this is when we kind of get uh, something that was out of my brain, but as soon as they started, like, chanting it, it came back. And it's like, the no, no eating here tonight. No eating here tonight. No eating here tonight. You're on a diet. <laughs> and for some, like, as a kid, that was stuck in my head forever. But then, like, it just, it was, like, came rushing back to me as soon as they started. Um, and then uh, he asked Dory what it is. And beautifully enough, she remembers P. Shorman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Um, and I will for- remember that for the rest of my life as well. But I will, I'll <laughs> never remember a test question ever. <laughs> so that's great. Um, and then they just swim back towards the surface. And at this moment, we... So it's nighttime when the dentist's the office. We see that Nemo is sleeping. Um, and one of the fish goes to pretty much wake Nemo up. And I don't know if I said it previously, but there is kind of a little volcano in the middle of this fish tank. Like, it's kind of good. They got some cool stuff in there. Um, but, regard- you know, there's like a freaking little helmet that some some of the... <laughs> fish go into there's there's a bunch of little stuff in there but regardless there's this volcano and once they wake nemo up they say come with me to the top of this thing so as he goes up um we see that there's some some light bubbles going uh we then see gill introduced again but all the other fish are circling them and they're you know wearing uh, their own little fancy get up but they're also singing like and that's when it um, I don't know. I, this is one of those things that like, it's always stuck with me for whatever reason. Regardless, um, they basically, they're kind of speaking me in too, a little weird jargon. Um, and they, Nemo doesn't really even know what they're talking about. So, you know, they're saying something about him joining something and he looks over and Peach basically says, we want you to join the club, kid. He's like, oh, Okay, okay. And oh it's <laughs> Yeah. And I uh, love how and she basically just, the thing that he does, a little trial he has to do is swim over um the the ring of fire, which is basically when they turn the bubbles to its maximum. Um yeah, Mount, yeah, they're on Mount Wanahakalugi. Mount Wana Wanahakalugi. Um, but yeah, there's the little dude who cleaned Nemo earlier is in charge of kind of how fast the bubbles go. So once they say ring of fire, he's got to turn the bubble so they're going their maximum speed. And Nemo, of course, and no problem, swims right through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, but before he does, 
it's like they're building it up, they're chanting. Nemo's a little frightened, and then uh, Peach kind of peels back again. <laughs> and it's like, is there any other way? He's just a boy, mm-hmm. and it's and it's like perfect on the time of everything, kind of ascending the madness. No problem at all. And then yeah, he kind of um, swims through Gil right, then, right away. Know, and he's just accepted him into their little club, and they rename him Sharkbait. Great name. And within this little conversation, we learned that they have five days until Darla shows up. Yeah. So they basically say, and we're going to help this sucker escape. And then we get a nice little montage of, it's a voiceover of Gil doing basically the escape plan, uh, which I think is cool. It's weird how anytime in a movie when somebody does this, I'm instantly in. You know, so it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what the plan is, but if we're like seeing it happen... And there's voiceover. I'm freaking in, dude. But basically, yeah, yeah, for sure. But basically, Gil's plan is that they, they animated pretty cool will, too. They got to clog this filter in the tank so that um, the tank gets dirty. When that happens, somebody's gonna have to go and clean it. And obviously, you can't have the fish in there when you're doing that. So the plan is to clog the filter with a little pebble, so that way they have to take the fish out and put them in their own bags to clean the tank. And when they do that. They're going to hop, hop out the window, which is like, that seems like, Run yep, the window. Uh, go across the street, well, into the harbor. Death. So, wild plan, but interesting nonetheless. And we then cut back tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and I mean, this shot's beautiful, too. It's nice wide of Marlon and Dory swimming. Um Looks beautiful, like Mar, like having that orange fish against the blue. Looks beautiful, but Dory just pretty much keeps repeating with, "Where are you going? Oh, well, I'm going to P. Sherman Forty Two Wild Boys Sydney. How about you? Oh, well, I'm going to P. Sherman Forty Two Wild Boys Sydney." Um, and it's just her trying to remember it. Um, and as they keep going, they eventually run into yeah. I don't, I don't either, fish. but there's yeah, there's I don't a whole bunch know what of fish it is, but. And they're all swimming together. And uh, Marlon kind of tries to approach them to get directions or to just get any information that he can. And they all just kind of swim out, swim off. They're not having none of his stuff. Um, and then I forgot what well, Marlon does. Well, he basically does, tries to break kind of, up. He goes know, back he says, to uh, Corey you know, and he kind of gone this a far. Bit. Uh, he basically is trying to say that mm-hmm. he can do this on his own. Thank, thanks for the help, but no thanks. Yeah. And then the, um, she starts crying, and then Marlon's trying to calm her down. And the fish come over. They're like, hey! And Ratzenberg is like the perfect freaking voice for these guys. As soon as they started talking, I knew it. Um, but say, hey, is, is this fish bothering you? Um, and they basically play like the, mm-hmm. um, the hero to Dory and starts trying to entertain her and cheer her up. Well, it's great because uh, they basically they say, do you like impressions? Too, and she's like, yeah. So it kind of um, turns into trivia. You know, they, they all form in the shape of a swordfish. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're mm-hmm. trying to get her to guess. Marlon kind of keeps guessing. And like, hey, man, let the lady guess for once. And then they, you know, they turn into a lobster. So Marlon calls yeah. a <laughs> lobster. And they're like, we heard that. And then they go into an octopus. Um, they turn into a boat. And then they kind of end with, 
turning into the shape of Marlin with a frowny face, and they're definitely making fun of him pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, uh, like, and that gets Dory to laugh, and then Marlin says, all right, I've had enough. He swims off, and then Dory chases chase him down a little bit and says, oh, no, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. We can get the information or whatever. And she goes back and asks for it, and it says, and then um, they basically like, oh, is he bothering you? Is this guy giving you a hard time? He's like, look, you got to give him a break. He lost his son, Fabio. We're looking. <laughs> we got to go to a peach room in 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. And they're like, oh, Sydney. And they transform into the opera house. And they make like the noise and everything. And they're able to point him in the direction of um, which way it would be to get to Sydney. And they got to tell him that they got to yeah, get on I think the EAC. I have it the Eastern Australian. Um, what is it? Current. The Eastern Australian Channel. Mm-hmm. Current. And then Marlon, of course, is excited and swims off in that direction. And before Dory can swim off, they kind of stop her and say, hey, wait, once you get to this trench, you want to go through it, not above it. Remember, through it, not above it. She says, through it, not above it. Got it. And then, of course, she instantly forgets and swims over to Marlon, and they instantly run into this trench. Uh, and then Dory says, oh, well, guess we got to go through. And then she starts to swim through it, and then Marlon's like, are you crazy? That looks like death. We got to go above it. And then she kind of has, since she forgot where she got this information, she's just like, I have this feeling that we should sim- swim through it, not around it. Um, and she's like, come on, trust me on this. Uh, and then Marlon's like, trust you? And so she's like, yeah, yeah, trust me. We're friends. He says, okay. And then he was like, look, something shiny. And then basically distracts her and starts swimming up and she forgets what she's even doing in the first place. Kind of yeah. mean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the by, the Marlin mice around this one, uh, but they they swim above it, and honestly, looks like it went pretty scot scot free, you know. But then we see like this jellyfish come into focus, and I thought that shot was really cool. And it's just the little one, and this is when you get to the little. Uh, this is this is my this is my squishy. He's just my little squishy, and it is mine. It is my squishy. Um, and then she touches it, and it kind of shocks her a little bit. And stings like a jellyfish does. And it's a bad squishy. Um, and that's forever stuck in my brain as well. Um, and then Marlon's kind of basically giving her the rundown of how stings work. And as all this is happening, all these jello- mm-hmm. jellyfish start to like descent around them. And this looks beautiful, by the way. Because it like the jellyfish, how they reflect the light too. And it just looks like um, awesome. And then, of course, Marlon's freaking out, but he looks over and Dory's just bouncing on the tops of these uh, jellyfish. And then, of course, at first, Marlon freaks out even more, but then notices that this might be the way that they can get out by bouncing on top of these things. So he tries to make a game with Dory that they got to bounce on these jellyfish and whoever gets out first wins. He's like, okay, sounds good. Um, And he's like, wait, 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 the most important rule, you can't touch the stingers. Um... And she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I got it. He's like, okay, well, what's the mo- most important rule? And she's like, something about the stingers. And then she just <laughs> goes off. Um, and then they're just bouncing all up and down on these uh, jellyfish. And Marlon actually starts to get into it a little bit, uh, starts to have fun. And as he kind of breaches the end of it, which is an awesome shot, by the way, um, he notices that Dory is nowhere to be seen. And, of course, he starts to freak out, so he swims back in and sees that Dory's kind of just floating there. She's, like, laying on the top of one of the jellyfish or whatever. 
knocked out from um, a sting. So he goes in there, gets her out. He's sorry. Um, he grabs her and he's apologizing, trying to figure out, and he tries to swim her out and he just keeps getting stung and stung, but he's kind of built up an immunity since he lives in the anemone. Um, and then we, we start to fade to black as he loses consciousness after getting out of, uh, these jellyfishies. Um, and then the shadow of a, of a turtle starts to cascade upon I find him. It interesting. It's like, they do a couple things and here. And then we cut back to um, the name Meister. They repeat things. So, like at the beginning, when of the movie, when Marlon uh, ends up running into the Barracuda, it's kind of the same thing. You know, he shoots out of his little anemone, and then there's nothing around him, and he's kind of by himself. And in this scenario, when they're racing through the jellyfish, he's the mm-hmm. first one out, and he's laughing, and he turns around, and there's no one. You know, they kind of go to that. Age. Um, more than once, which I think is interesting, yep. and that kind of raised that anxiety for us and for him because we know that he's been through this, and this has got to be like PTSD for him, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. But on, another thing that I noticed, it's like any time that there is a threat, um, yeah, they kind of do it the same way. Uh, it's kind of comes from the background, whether it's the swimmers or it's the um, if it whether it's Bruce, whether it's a jellyfish or some other things we run into. They always kind of, I don't know, they're kind of my favorite shots, but also, again, it's like they kind of do it more like three or four times. So I don't know if by that point it still lands like it did. Um, I think the mm-hmm. swimmer one is the one that really gets home. Um, yeah. I think it's more, yeah, mm-hmm. like especially I think for the most part that happens a lot with Marlon. And I think it's more so to illustrate just the sure. unpredictability of the vastness of the ocean. Which, I mean, it, it works. Which is a great way know, to do it. They definitely but, yeah, do it at different it's, speeds. Definitely you know, the jellyfish the entering is super, super slow. And when we run into a whale a little bit later, that one's also slow. Um, it's just interesting. Um, Jaws is one of my favorite movies. And there's a part where somebody is in uh, like mm-hmm. one of those underwater uh, cages. And they kind of play with the same sort of thing. It's like we can see the shark at one point and then he goes out of frame and, you know, we're looking around and we don't see anything. And then boom, all of a sudden he's right behind us. So they kind of do that same sort of thing where it's like we see that it's just open and instantly, boom, something's behind us, uh, whether that's jellyfish or a whale or whatever. But anyway, we cut back to Nemo here and uh, Nemo's just looking out at the yeah. ocean through the window and, you know, Gil swims up to him and they kind of start to have a conversation about dads and he's trying to kind of be nice and say, you know, I bet your dad's out there swimming um, to try and find you right now. And uh, Nemo said, he's not looking for me. You know, he's scared of the ocean. Mm -hmm. And while this conversation's going on, uh, Gil is asking the other fish, Hey, how much, how much time do we have until like this plan is ready? Um, It seems like today's the day that they're going to try and attempt this, uh, water filter thing and uh, <laughs> we see uh, mm-hmm. Peach come off of the wall again and she's like well uh, he's had four cups of coffee so safe to say it's, it could be any moment now which is pretty funny um, could be and yeah, we then see the dentist kind of get up and he's holding a reader's uh, digest and the <laughs> Peach says we have exactly 4.2 minutes 
which yeah. is just funny. Um, so obviously the plan <laughs> um, goes exactly how they said it would. Nemo swims over and kind of goes into the filter itself. They throw a pebble um, this, in the same little entrance that Nemo uh, came in. And he's supposed to wedge this pebble uh, in the fan so that the fan can't keep going. Um, at first, you know, he tries to put it in there and the thing goes flying out and he's kind of scared. And they kind of talk him through doing it again. He shoves it in there it stops the fan from going and all is good. So then his exit is him, he now has to uh, swim out of the tube that he earlier in the movie got stuck in. So he goes through the tube. But we can start to see, we cut back to um, the fan and we can see that the, that the pebble is starting to kind of come loose. And when Nemo's halfway through uh, the tube, the pebble does come out, fan starts going, and then starts to suck Nemo back in uh, pretty much into the fan, um, which is, that that is like my worst nightmare is being, mm-hmm. I'm, in some ways I'm kind of claustrophobic, uh, and that is yeah. forever like my biggest fear right there um like we we've seen it in like willy wonka and the chocolate factory when augustus is stuck in the tube that fuck that i'm out you know kill me at that point i'd rather just yep. drown in chocolate that's a pretty good way to go out but anyway oh that's a good point uh but regardless so nemo's stuck <laughs> in this me, tube man. he's getting sucked into the fan so all the fish freak out they go and grab like a long uh plant that's in the tank and they shove it up the tube to try and get him to grab onto it. Um, they are successful. Uh, Nemo is just completely petrified though. Um, and Gil, you know, is just, he's got all this guilt and he knows that mm-hmm. he should, he shouldn't do it. So he kind of swims off on his own. They're kind of cradling Nemo and we cut back to Marlon once again. But that's why I really like Gil as a character, um, because you could take one look at him, you're like, oh, I know exactly what this character is. And I feel like any other kind of mm-hmm. stereotype of that sort of character, would be like, no, we need to try again and be angry at first. But I love the fact that he's like, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah never again. As soon as he sees like the trauma that has been put on Nemo, he's like, it's all, yeah, like he feels mm-hmm. guilt. He feels like he shouldn't have put this kid through it, but because he wants to get out so yes. bad. Um, he felt very selfish there, and I, I like that about Gil. Um, but then we cut back, and uh, Marlon kind of comes to on the back of uh, our boy uh, Crush. Um, and he's like, little stoner jellyfish, bro. Um, he's like, look <laughs> at you. You're finally up, taking on the jellies. <laughs> you got some serious th- thrill issues, dude. Um and Marlon's just trying to get his bearings. He says, okay, thanks for saving me. I need to get in uh, on the Eastern Australian current. He's like, bro, you're already here. It's the EAC, baby. And we get to see, like, from the outside as fish try to swim in there. Um, and as he's kind of like, what, 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 blah, 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 trying to ask him, he's like, you better grab some shell. And then they kind of go through, like, a roller coaster part of the whole thing. Um and then finally he gets out like, where's Dory, Dory? Um, and he's like, oh, the blue one? Yeah, she's just down there. And he looks down, he sees her kind of resting on um, the back of another turtle. So he swims down and he sees 
uh, like the new scar that she has. And he, he, of course, blames himself. He's sad. It's a sad thing. And she's kind of like moaning and mumbling. Um, but it turns out she's just counting because she's playing hide and seek with the little turtles. <laughs> um, uh, and then she like finds them all. And then we're introduced to Squirt. <laughs> and Squirt just goes flying out of the current. And Marlon, <laughs> of course, is freaking out. But he's like, look, man, let, let Squirt find his way, bro. <laughs> And then Squirt comes back in, and we find out Squirt's crushes kid. And that's when you get the dude, 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 as they like tap fin and head and shell and everything. Um, and uh, Squirt just has the cutest little voice you've ever heard. Um, and eventually, they all the, all the they find out that Marlon's the one. The way they crush even the jelly, describes so her introduces him really cracks me up because it says Jelly Man, um, Offspring, Offspring, Jelly Man. Uh, yeah, it's just freaking hilarious. Jelly Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then as soon as Marlon's like, ah, oh, no, I don't want to tell the story. He's like, that's a long thing. And then they all kind of pack together next to Dory. And then even Dory is kind of excited to hear it, which is funny. Uh, and then Marlon begins telling um, his whole story so far. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm getting a little choked up right now, too, dude, just thinking about it. Because I love it. Because then the baby turtle tells a fish and the fish yeah, tells another yeah, fish. Definitely like this whole tale of Marlon spread you know, from the, the story ocean. going back and forth. Um, and, um. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like. The dolphins and, yeah, one you get, like, funny because it's like every time they're above water. They say it a little chunk, then they go under. They go above water again and yeah. they say a little bit more. It's just the timing of some of the stuff is really funny. Mm-hmm. And then the gulls hear it and the gulls beat up with Nigel and the pelicans on... Um, oh, no. <laughs> they meet up with some pelicans on top of the lighthouse from hit movie The Lighthouse. Um, and then, uh, the pelicans go and then the pelicans are kind of talking about it as they're about to eat. Uh, and, um, this is when we're kind of introduced to the mine, uh, the mine bir- birds. I think I those are gulls. Those just, I don't know what those too, are, right? in all honesty. They're just like, mine, mine. I think they're seagulls. Um, but yeah, this is when. Uh, the mine things are in news when they just keep saying mine. Uh, and Nigel kind of has this crab that he's about to eat, but then he hears uh, Nemo and he kind of says, what? And he throws the crab back to the mine. And then that's when we get the thing where he goes, like does the whole karate thing and then just jumps into the water and they mm-hmm. just get one last mine. And then Nigel hears the story. And then he takes yeah, it's, off. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. And we transition back to Nigel Pink. overhears the Nemo story. He instantly goes to fly to the dental office, and when he does, um, he because normally he talks to the fish through the window, and he flies in, and the window's closed, so he <laughs> just smacks his face mm-hmm. on it. And when he does that, that startles the dentist who's doing some <laughs> dental work on a patient. And when he does that, he pulls out the patient's tooth, and the guy's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then the dentist walks like, over. That's opens one way to the get window, tooth Looks left and right, doesn't see anything. Walks out, goes to continue his work. We see Nigel's head, little peek up from the bottom, and 
he's basically spilling the beans to the fish in the um in the tank you know talking about hey you know i there's all these rumors of this fish who uh basically he's talking about marlin is on this journey to find nemo and nemo doesn't believe it at first he's like what my dad Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense you know he's like your name's nemo right you got the small fin he's like yeah so then he's hearing all these stories of how his dad uh, has been battling sharks he's like my dad battled a shark he's like from what i hear it was three of them he's like wow you know he's talking about how he met turtles and uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh! And just seeing Nemo's oh, it's um, so face good, light dude. up is just, you know, he's just got. At first, he's, you know, he's been scared throughout this whole thing, pretty much, and especially after the the disaster that that uh, water filter mm-hmm. plan went, um, he doesn't want any part of it. But you know, hearing the story about his dad really um, gives him this confidence again. He's like, I got to get out of here, pretty much, and. Um, I think even before that specifically yeah. happens, Nemo's talking to Gil, you know, and Gil, like you said previously, is saying, I should have never put you in that danger. You know, it's not worth you dying, you know, for us to get out of here. Um, but once Nemo, um, hears the story of his dad, it gives him this confidence and all of a sudden they look over to Nemo and he's not there and we can see that he is grabbing a pebble himself and he's going to do the water filter plan again all by himself so they're all freaking out and you know gil gets up there they're talking to the filter like you know don't do it you know it's not worth it blah 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 blah. and he's successful he he blocks the little mm-hmm. um the little fan again he swims all the way up the tube himself and um yeah so that kind of rejuvenates gil as well and he's like all right we got to make this place dirty. And of course the, the one fish that's a germaphobe is freaking out. Um, but yeah, even the little pep talk cracks me up. Cause he's like, think dirty thoughts. And the yeah. blowfish is, you know, he, he's like, no problem. And then you think he instantly burps, uh, which is great. But then we cut back to Marlon <laughs> and Dory. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're just zipping towards the end of this EAC they're they're reaching their stop it's pretty much like a highway you know how it works um and we get the whole thing like have uh we got to find an exit buddy and then Dory just grabs Marlin and crushes looking back on me he's like do you have your exit buddy and it's just like that's something that's always in my head too and then Squirt kind of gives the rattle off like he's a flight attendant basically giving all the instructions on how to properly get out of the EAC uh, and then and then Mar- like oh, dude, going that's maybe my Marley. favorite line of the like movie he's trying to squirt speak starts me. giving directions and he does it. give like the full breakdown <laughs> and then we just cut back to Marlon and Dory looking at him and he's like he's just so cute but I did not understand one word that he's saying can you say the first part again <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually they just push them out of it uh and they get out cleanly and then crush is kind of fighting the current back as he's saying goodbye to them um uh, and then yeah they basically say goodbye and he says see you jelly man tell your little dude i said hi 
and then they'd say bye bye but then marlon remembers that he told nemo that if he ever ran into him he'd taught he'd ask <laughs> a turtle and then uh crush says he's 150 dude and still young rock on <laughs> and then yeah marlon says 150 i gotta remember that and then this is when we get just pure vast ocean um and they just gotta swim into the into the endless void straight through uh no reach peace well, they enter, like, a foggy area so it's like you can know, barely see them just keep swimming Yeah, yeah. Um, and as they're kind of swimming, you can tell that it's just taking a long time and Dory's trying to find ways to uh, entertain themselves. So she says, okay, I'm thinking of something orange and small. And then Mom's like, it's me, without even looking at her. And then it cuts again. It's like, <laughs> this one you'll never guess. It's orange and it's small. And he's like, it's me. <laughs> and then the last time it's like, it's orange and small and has stripes. And he says, Dory, it's me. And I'll do you one better. The next one, me too. She's like, oh my God. Okay, smarty pants. <laughs> um, and they kind of just get into an argument. Uh, again, Marlon starts berating her. She's like, okay, relax. Take, take a deep breath. And now we're going to ask something for direction. Uh, and then Marlon kind of declines that and then she's like what's what's wrong with the guy asking for directions (laughs) and they look around and they just see nothing but then they there comes into uh, off in the distance just this shadowy figure looks like a looks like a fish from out there and of course dory wants to go ask it for um ask it for directions and as it kind of gets more into focus we notice that it's not a small guy. It's actually quite a big guy. It's actually a whale. And we hear the, the loud bassiness of how a whale sounds. And of course, this is when we get Dory saying that, she, oh, I can speak whale. Uh, and we get her talking back and forth with this whale. Um, and then uh, they basically, she's like, uh, oh, we don't need to worry about whales. Whales eat uh, krill or whatever. And as soon as she says this, well, they say swim away, swim away, really of, fast. But when she's speaking, uh, showing too, up it's behind just, them, it's just obnoxious. And Marlon's like, "Why? Well, I, well, I don't yeah. understand what you're doing. What is that? That's not whale." And he's like, "It sounds like you're speaking upset stomach." Um, <laughs> but we do get the shot. It's pretty good. It's pretty. Which good. is that? Um, yeah, it's like true. That's we said before, stomach. we can see the whale way out there but all of a sudden it kind of goes out of frame and they can't see it and while they're having this discussion um we do see these little fish coming towards them but we also see this huge whale coming from behind them and getting closer as well which is money shot money shot Mm -hmm. and then the 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 whale goes to suck up its food but unfortunately just there's some other fish in the way as well and they kind of get sucked up yes. and then we get some uh what is it jonah is jonah the one that got in the belly of the whale we get some jonah action between dora and mar yeah we cut 
Yeah, we cut back to the and uh, the dentist uh, office. Super short, but only for a brief second, just, just to point, show right? how dirty the the tank is. And we see the dentist walk over. He's like, "Man, what the heck happened in here?" He puts his mm-hmm. hand in the tank and kind of feels the um, just one of the side of the wall. It is too, because like he puts his finger in the tank and kind of wipes his finger. This is a cool along, shot. This um, is a cool shot. One too. of the sides of the. Uh, tank and what, what would you say it's filled with the little green is it it's not algae is it it's oh but the whole like, the whole side yeah, every side algae. of this I don't tank know. is I'm, just green and when he does that it reveals obviously knowledge. one part um and we see like the person sitting in the um in the chair in the dentist office super cool um but basically he just says that Mm-hmm. The, we we learn how dirty the the tank is and that the plan is going. Um, we do get this little moment uh, with Jacques as he goes like Jacques, I said no cleaning, <laughs> and then it cuts and it's like he has uh, like a little but yeah green really mustache or whatever. He's like, like I this scene is <laughs> showing us how dirty it is, and that the doctor or dentist um, says that he is going to clean the sucker um, in the next couple of days. Cut back to inside of the whale. Darla gets here. Oh, dude, who who is it? One thing, real quick. Uh, I'm part of F Darla gang. Uh, Okay, so then we get inside the. um, Well, no, now that cuts beneath the. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just shows, like, the environment of the ocean as we kind of lead our way back to this giant whale. And, man, if that's something, the just the size of whales, I, I haven't been able to fully grasp because I've never been, like, on the ocean with one by me. But from the photos and stuff, I, <laughs> like, it's, the ocean's freaking weird, man, that there's things like this that exist out there. Anyways, we kind of go into the whale's mouth, and it just waters in there, splashing back and forth. Um, pretty nasty. Um, but we get uh, Marlin is, of course, pissed because he trusted Dory, and this happened, and now he's all pissed. He's swimming back and forth, keeps trying to ram into um, like the teeth to get out, but the whale has like the filtration sort of system. And then Dory's just having a blast. She's kind of like riding the wave as it splashes back and forth in this uh, large beast's um, mouth. Um, and of course, Marlin's not having it. No fun allowed as they are stuck inside the belly of a whale. And of course, he blames her ass. Because um, now we're here because you had to ask for directions, all this stuff. Uh, and she's like, oh, don't worry. But I, I can speak to him. Uh, I can speak whale, and then show. Uh, Marlin, of course, just leaves, and he's like, "I need to get out of here. I need to find my son. I need to tell him how old sea turtles are." And then he's like, just gives up. He's just laying on the bottom of his freaking of the whale's tongue. <laughs> Dude, Marlin's drained, buddy. He's hit the big sad mode. 
It's kind of it kind of creeps the tongue out a little bit because as he's laying, I'd be big. See all the bumps on the tongue of this thing, and I'm like, oh man, I can only imagine. Um, Yeah, Dory has one of the best lines in the movie right here. Honestly, this is this has a good exchange because it's like Marlon says, "Mm -hmm." "Yep," where he says, "Like I promised, I wouldn't let anything ever happen to him," and she's like. Well, that's a weird promise to make. If you promise him yeah, yeah. that you won't let anything happen to him, then nothing will happen. I think the way she phrases it is kind of weird. And it's just like but a like, good I, exchange I still think it's one of the strongest lines of the movie. She says, um, you know, you can't let anything, you, you can't never let anything happen to yeah, him. No, and nothing would ever happen to him. And I'm like, that's good. That dang. Like, in, in general, I'm not a good or a big Dory person. Dang. But that line That's for a sure good, is like, good line. Yeah, she she deserves props on that one. So then uh, Dory starts to speak whale again, and uh, all of a sudden the water starts to decline, and then Martin's like, "Oh look, look what you did!" Um, and this is we get another. Uh, we get another yeah, kind of good thing where he says, look, it's already one. half empty. I'd say it looks half full to me. I think it, that that's just so good. It, yeah, like I freaking love that. And then Dory keeps talking to the whale. And then she's like, okay, he either says we need to go to the back of the throat or he wants a root beer float. It's either or. Um and then Marlon's pretty much, yeah, he wants us to go back there so that we're freaking lunch. Uh, and then we get this weird thing with the freaking, uh, the tongue goes back and it's like, oh my God. And they're kind of holding on to the ridges of the tongue. Uh, and then we get this Freudian slip from Marlon as he says, you can't speak whale. You never could. And he's like, yes, you can. Yes, I can. And then uh, Marlon says, you think you can do these things, but you can't, Nemo. And then it's like, oh, oh, Freudian slip. <laughs> and then um, she goes like, okay. And then she just falls. <laughs> and then Marlon like, is grabbing by her fin. And then she's like, you just got to trust me. You just got to let go. And then they do a trust fall. And uh, they just keep falling down this whale's throat until they get spewed out through the blowhole, baby. And they land back in the water, bloom, bloom. And they're all free again. And now they can just continue on. They pop back up. And then she says, look, Sydney. And then we get flashes all over until eventually we see the opera house, which is, of course, the landmark of Sydney, Australia. And then now we get this cool shot of like the whale going back into the ocean <laughs> the moon. And then Marlon's on hype train, so he starts to try to speak whale, too. Um, and then they basically like, okay, we just got to search the harbor for the ship. And then we get the sick kind of pull-out crossfade to the dentist office to see where the opera house is. Okay, so that. we're at the next and then morning now we're back in the dentist office. In and the dentist office. all the fish wake up, but they realize that as soon as they do that, that the entire tank is super clean. And everybody's freaking out. They're like, what the heck? And Gil says, man, they must have installed a new cleaner while we were sleeping. Which is like, they're not going to hear that. 
I mean, you're in water. I feel like anything that happens, you would feel the regardless. Um, yeah, it's this mm-hmm. new like electronic. I think it's called the Aqua Aqua Scum O3, an all-purpose self-cleaning saltwater purifier. Aqua Scum, and it it just looks like a yeah. big box and with a like a red line on it, and then that red line shoots out like a little laser scan, mm-hmm. and then they're all like, oh. Um, which is, which is great. But while this is all happening and everybody's gathered around, um, we see that the dentist tries to take out Nemo with a little scooper and then everybody freaks out. They all swim inside the scooper as well. And they keep swimming down. So the dentist is thinking, what the heck? And he kind of, he loses his grip and then the little scooper falls Mm -hmm. in. So they think they've saved Nemo and, um, while this is happening again, um, yeah, he grabs a bag and just scoops up Nemo. Um, so now they're thinking, they oh, a bag, shit. Man. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at this time, um, we, we see Darla walk. Th- yeah, he does. He does. Well, Nemo, Nemo tries yeah, to bolt like, it for the door. And then, and then the dentist um, is like, well, that yeah, would be while a this hell of a way happens, to go. And then he puts him back in the box. We see Darla kick open the front door of the dentist's office. And they play the psycho music, which is which is money. Mm-hmm. And then what's her shirt say? Rock and roll girl or the, something like that? Yeah. Funny, funny, funny. Um, but we cut back to... Yeah, uh, yeah, something. Yeah, silly. And then, yeah, so Marlon and Dory, Dory's half asleep because they've been searching all night or whatever. And then as they, as Marlon's trying to wake her up, a pelican comes by and scoops up uh, Marlon and Dory. Um, and then, of course, the pelican brings it back to the dock and starts to, and swallows it. But Marlon, like, stops them from going down, so he just starts choking. And then we see the other pelican <laughs> kind of making fun of him. <laughs> He's like, oh, ready. Right off the bat, Gerald's already choking. And then so Knight was like, really? No one's going to help him? Okay, I guess I'll go over and help him. So then uh, uh, he's like, well, okay, Gerald, let me help you. And then Marlon and Dory like scream as he opens his mouth. And then so Nigel knocks him out. He says, love a duck. And he gets it out of there. And then they, <laughs> Marlon uh, and Dory just start hopping on the deck to try to get to um, the water. And then eventually uh, like seagull poop lands right in front of them and they all kind of freeze. And you see that they're all kind of surrounded by these seagulls. And Nigel is kind of doing the thing like, don't make any sudden moves. Get in my mouth if you want to live. Uh, And then Marlon's like, that's a little ironic getting in your mouth if I want to live. Um, And then Nigel says that he can take him to his son. Uh, and he basically says, "Yeah, right. Like you, like you can take me to my son." And he's like, "He's got a little gimpy fin on his right side." He says, "That's my son." And he starts, he freaks out, which sets off all the goals. And then Nigel kind of scoops up Doherty and uh, Marlin and just starts making a beeline towards the dentist's office with all these goals kind of chasing him. And eventually, he kind of does the whole hold on, and then turns sideways as he flips in vertical, and all the goals kind of get. 
uh, stuck in one of the boats. Do you think that uh, those things can get if out? If I owned that boat, I'd be like, imagine dead. if you showed up and then you just found the boat there me? and there's just a bunch of dead birds. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. Just think about it. if they were to just get stuck and they couldn't no, get they, out. No, they That'd for sure would be able to get out. But mm-hmm. uh, but then, yeah. And then there's Scott oh, Free, but then we oh, cut back to the God, dentist office. With, yeah, uh, so Darla is Darla pounding, on the, pounding on the fish um, And they instantly look over at Nemo, and he is basically playing dead. So he's he's laying upside down, and before Darla can get to him, obviously um, mm-hmm. the dentist doesn't want to give her a dead fish, so he grabs uh, Nemo and kind of is hiding him behind his back, and is slowly stepping towards the bathroom. All the fish in the tank are cheering him on, and then he pivots and starts going towards the trash can. And once that happens, um, Everybody's freaking out again. They're like, oh, God, no, don't. Mm-hmm. And at the same time that this happens, we we see Nigel um, enter through the window once again, this time with Dory and Marlon in his mouth. Um, they're seeing what's happening in the situation. Um, you know, they say they mention Nemo. They say that he's got Nemo in his hand. Um, everybody doesn't know what to do. Uh, Nigel doesn't want to go in there. And Marlon's like, oh, you're going in there. He's like, what? No. And he, Marlon basically forces him to fly into the room, which is causes a big ruckus. And he's flying all over the place, hitting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nemo then goes flying. Um, it's kind of a whole crazy little circle of uh, events here, um, which is it's actually pretty funny, too, because this is when we cut back and we see just a random kid sitting in the waiting room. And he hears all this screaming and ruckus, and he looks up, and you can see through the uh, fish yeah. tank to the other side where the you know the little dentist room is. And yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of cool. It's like in the wall, kind of, so you can see through both sides, which is kind of but cool the way design. that the I, I like fish that. are positioned in the tank with everything in there. You can really only see maybe twenty percent of the top part, and. The, the kid only sees basically the dentist running around and he just hears the screaming. So he's, he's just got his mouth open. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, it's just funny the way that they do it. Um, but Marlon sees uh, the bag that Nemo's in again. Debo is still playing dead. I think Nemo's just sitting on one of the, like one of the little tables that, um, yeah. And uh, Marlon, Basically says, "Oh no, Nemo!" And yeah, like at this right. moment, the dentist is able to grab Nigel, throw him out of the window, close the window. Nemo hears his dad call his name, so he instantly wakes up and he's like, "Dad!" And at that same time, Darla notices that Nemo is alive, mm-hmm. so then she grabs the bag and says, "Oh, fishy!" and starts shaking it. And then everybody in uh, the fish tank is freaking out. They're like, "Oh." Frick. So then Gil instantly <laughs> says, quick, to the to Mount Hakalugi. And they basically, the plan is to then shoot. Uh, like he goes to the top, sucks himself in there, and they shoot him out of the volcano onto, onto Darla, pretty much. Um, so he's hopping on her hair. She's freaking out. She drops Nemo back on the tray again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the bag even breaks at this time, so it's just him laying there. 
And then at the same time, we cut back to the dentist who's like, what is happening? And he runs and boom, smacks his head on some of the equipment, knocks himself out. Um, at this time, Gil goes from bouncing on Darla's head to the same tray that Nemo's on. And then we get maybe my favorite line of the movie. Um, it just hits home, honestly. Gil's sitting there looking at Nemo. They're still, you know, sucking air there. Um, just gone through this whole circle of events, and he all he says to him is like, "Hey kid, tell your dad I said hi." And he jumps, lands, that sends the tray flying, which sends Nemo flying, and he goes into the little water drain. Um, so Nemo sucked in and taken back to. We learn earlier that every drain leads to the ocean. Um, but once the dentist kind of comes to, he gets up, grabs Gil, puts him back in the tank. Mm-hmm. We kind of get the the happy ending, in a sense, of at least with the dentist's office here. Um, and then we cut to Nemo flying through the drain again. Um, Gil kind of mm-hmm. uh, tells everybody again, you know, are, everybody's like worried still. Or are they, they're saying... Are you sure he's going to be okay? He's like, yeah, every drain leads to the ocean. And when he says that, we cut to uh, Nemo flying through the little underwater treatment thing, Um, which uh, then we cut back to Marlon and Dory being dropped off by Nigel. So Nigel drops off Dory and um, Marlon kind of at the... Very close. We see a like I forgot what one of those things are called. Like the thing at the top of the ocean, um, basically signifying that the Sydney water treatment thing is right here, which is uh, where we saw the same logo um, where Demo is uh, coming out of from the uh, little flush thing for the dentist that that he uses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Marlin's depressed boy. Because he thinks Nemo's dead and he's going to swim home. So he swims off from Dory. And then Dory's sad because uh, he, she's like, uh, when I'm with you, I remember things and all this. And it's it's kind of heartbreaking, to be honest. Yeah, isn't, you know, just, I think it's kind of messed up here. In all honesty, that Marlon would do this, you know. Um, he's suicidal, dude. I think he's just done with life. I mean, I get it. But you also have somebody with a heavy disability that that's literally like followed you over half the ocean to get here and now you're just gonna leave her where she can't remember anything Mm -hmm. it's like that's kind of bogus like marlon i love marlon in this movie but he he loses major points for having (laughs) for trying to break up with this chick as many times as he does i agree and so he's swimming off and we kind of see these crabs that kind of exist by where the water comes out so they can get their food and they each fight each other off because of their territory or whatever. They're like, oh, this one's ours. Get your own. Yeah, they kind of have an accent, too, which yeah. is pretty funny. Um, and so Marlon kind of swims by, and they kind of freak out at him. But he doesn't want anything to do with this. And as Marlon's down a little bit ways, we see Nemo kind of pop up. And they like, oh, we missed him. We missed him. Get back here. Get back here. And then he keeps trying to ask him about his dad, but they don't care. And he swims off. Um, and he ends up running into Dory, finding Dory. Asking about uh, um, his dad, and then she's like, "Oh, well, I'll help you look for your dad." And it's like, "Dang, she doesn't remember already." Mm-hmm. And then so they're just going swimming around with uh, Dory, similar to how they were kind of uh, swimming 
aimlessly at the beginning, but then she sees the word Sydney, and as she reads it, kind of triggers all these memories that she has through the whole thing, and then recognizes him as Nemo, and she kind of freaks out, and she's grabbing him and throwing him around, and then she's like, okay, I got to get you back to your dad, uh, and then he she remembers which way you went, and they keep swimming over that way, um, and they kind of, <laughs> she they show up to the crabs again, and they're back to kind of fighting for the territory um and then uh doherty kind of grabs one of the crabs and lifts him up uh, out of the water and then all these seagulls start flying towards them we get the whole mind thing again and then eventually uh um he tells her which direction he went we cut to marlin swimming with all these fish he's sad one of them bumps into him and says watch where you're going pal and then Marlon's just like, oh, I'm sorry. And then um, we kind of hear someone call out for Marlon. So he looks behind him. He's like, what the heck? And then he notices Dorian Nemo. He freaks out. He's super happy. He goes over. He grabs Nemo. He hugs her. He's freaking out. But then we cut to Dory, and then we see this giant uh, net coming towards her as all these fish kind of freak out um, because they were right by a fishing boat. So now the net's kind of getting reeled in. And we notice that Dory's still in the net, but Marlon and Nemo aren't. Uh, and then Nemo is kind of like, I know what I need to do, Dad, but I got to go in there. He's like, no, go in there. Are you crazy? And then Nemo basically says, you have to trust me or something along those lines. Um, and then he kind of lets go and says, okay, I do. I do trust you. And he goes in and uh, awesome score during this whole part, too. Um, and then basically they all need to swim down and it's just like this awesome moment of everyone telling everyone that they need to swim down, swim down. And I love the score, how it goes in this part and everyone's trying to swim down and eventually do the F these poor fishermen. <laughs> Their freaking ship gets F dude. They freaking break the whole, uh, pulley mechanism for the net, uh, completely off all the fish get free dory marlin and nemo are all free they're all celebrating it's a great time you know i think that this moment is something that really you know which is it's kind of a weird dynamic for this podcast because i feel like most of the time i'm the one who's getting choked up here but as we have been talking um it's been you um maybe that's because you've more or less got the marlin side of things but it really it really hit me here when um you know, after all this journey and after this, you know, final um, success uh, with this conflict, um, the first thing Nemo says to his dad, he just says, I don't hate you. Mm-hmm. And that really, that really hits me good. He's like, um, I know, I know, I know. I know. And then Marlon, of course, goes into how uh, he met a sea turtle and he was 150 years old. He's like, 150? I thought they could only live to be 100. And, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what is it? It's like 150. Um, oh, let me see. It's freaking, because it's money. Because he's like, you think, he says that, uh, oh, yeah, it's like here. It goes like, oh, Sandy, because Sandy Plankton said that they only live to be 100. And he says, Sandy Plankton. You think I would travel the whole ocean and not know as much as Sandy Plankton? He was 150, not 100. And I think that's great. 
Um, but yeah, like it, it, it always was interesting to me that we kind of get this whole climax in the dentist office, but then we get another one uh, so soon after it. With this yeah, whole I like thing. I really like when movies do that. You know, we get the main um, crossover of storylines in the moment that we've been waiting for, but then you know, as soon as that's over, we're already thrown into the next kind of challenge. So even before we can get to the resolution, it's like there's one more test. Um, I really, really enjoy that sort of thing. And it, yeah, and it's like the test where our characters are kind of put to what they learn throughout the movie. And we yes. get to see it. Yep. And that's yep. like that's like Marlon saying, I don't want to lose you again. But then he's like, you just got to trust me, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, when the, when the net clears out, we get the scare of Nemo kind of underneath the net. Um, but he's okay. Everything's okay. This is this is where we get the sea turtles part when he goes, and then because it starts cheering Nemo back up, and he gets more energized. Um, and then we cut back, and it's kind of the reverse of the intro, where it's Marlin waking up Nemo for school, and we basically get a repeat of the beginning of like them going through. Uh, we even get the similar with the sun kind of pulled down. To get them, uh, Marlin waking up Nemo. He's, they swim over to the the fish um, drop off area. Um, all the fishies get on, and uh, even Squirt kind of is there. He's like, oh, "I'm an exchange student, or whatever," which is great. Um, Marlin tells his silly little joke um, to the other dads, and they're laughing at it. Um, and then all of a sudden, Bruce shows up. Yeah, we get the three sharks again, and they tr- they're mm-hmm. dropping off Dory. And it's hilarious because, like, the dad octopus inks <laughs> <laughs> when all the sharks pull up. But so, yeah, and then we get to see that Dory and Marlon, they're still hanging out. Um, it's Nemo's stepmom pretty much at this point. Um, and we get, uh, uh, oh man, this is hitting me deep. Like, as they go off, Marlon's kind of like, bye, son, bye, son. And then um, it cuts to Nemo. He's like, wait, Mr. Ray, can you hold on one second? I forgot to do something. And he swims back and he gives Marlon a hug. Freaking hits, dude. Yeah, dude. And he's like, I love you, Dad. He's like, I love you, too. Well, it even goes, they hold it for too long. Yeah. They hold it. And he's like, uh, Dad? He's like, oh, sorry. You can let go now. (laughs) And, uh. Boy, and then and then it says, "Bye, Dad." Cuts back to Marlin as uh, Mr. Ray goes off. He says, "Bye, son." It cuts back. Mr. Ray disappears, and we get hit with the end. Money, dude. Then we get a little treat of the the uh, um, tank gang yeah. getting their plan perfect, and they get out. Um, yeah, I guess. Oh. We just never find out what happened to these fish. What do you mean? Like, they're just in the bags in the ocean. That's it. That's the last we get to know of them. Because I was excited because I haven't seen Finding Dory. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. Like, I'm super excited. And then I talk to someone and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. You don't find out about them. So now I'm sad. Yeah, well, I think the the biggest thing that I was upset about was that there's not, like, Bruce and the gang aren't in Finding Dory. And I'm like, oh, man. Really? Yeah. Dude, Finding Dory must just suck, dude. 
Finding Dory is better than I thought it was going to be, but okay. especially for somebody who doesn't like Dory, I was like, dude, I'm freaking nervous. And I left and I was like, yeah, pretty good. Um, um, but yeah, man, Finding Nemo, dude. What a freaking movie. Yeah, well, even the little end scene here, it really cracks me up because it starts and we're in the dentist office again. And then he's mm-hmm. like, how the heck does this thing break? It says it's, you know, I have a lifetime warranty, but like, I just got this thing. And then uh, we see that the tank is all dirty again. He's like, well, where did the fish go? And the windows open and we see that the counter's all wet. And then it cuts to them, you know, all hopping in the in the water, but they're still in their bags. So they're floating mm-hmm. on the surface and they're all looking at each other and they're like, well, what now? I so. forgot one of them says something like they complain about the driver or something. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's great. Great movie. What, I slept on it for too long, dude. What, um, boy, there's so much to even, I don't even know where to start. Do we want to go in the categories or do you want to just kind of overall? Is it? Well, I guess, I guess I'm, people seem to probably get where I'm feeling about it at the end of this, but you, you didn't want to spoil what you thought. So what's, what's this, what's this Lucas spoiler about Finding Nemo? So obviously, Finding Nemo is, it's incredible stuff on an animation level, on a character level. Just the story itself is just, you know, it's top it's top tier for me. So it's in there with all the rest of those movies. But as I'm watching it, it's kind of given me familiar feelings. It's kind of like a melancholy sort of thing. Where it's like I remember the feeling I used to have watching certain scenes. And when mm-hmm. I watch it now, it's not the same. So in a sense, half of this movie didn't hit the same as it used to. Uh, But at the same time, you know, we age, we get older and we just, we're not going to feel the same as we did when we were, you know, 10 watching this. Um, You know, I'm 23 now watching it and maybe some of the same jokes don't land. um, But there's other kind of things that work for me. Um, Whereas maybe before I really loved all the Nemo stuff. Now I'm really, you know, into the whole dad side of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's for me it's one of those ones where it's like I'm kind of thankful for where it what it means to me and it's not one that I want to rewatch often. It's kind of like mm-hmm. saving it for um those specific times rather than a monster zinc that I could throw on, you know, at any day and be like, "Hell yeah, let's go." I respect that. And at least it, at least it wasn't a full-blown case of uh zombie island you know yeah it wasn't it wasn't that that one was just like this is the same movie what the fuck is happening no this one is just more or less like i i know i can see how i've matured or how i have you know my thoughts like i'm i'm watching this and i'm like am i in a bad mood because this is like kind of a heartwarming scene and i'm just like not buying it for whatever reason or i'm just not as into it as i normally am so maybe it's just the mood I was in when I watched it, I guess, but it's like I don't know. Maybe it's quarantine's kind of a, getting to you, dude. Maybe, and if Finding Nemo's not doing it, then I don't know what the I might have to watch About Time just to see a tear. <laughs> um, but uh, no, obviously Finding Nemo's freaking incredible. But I have some categories here. I want to get your thoughts on. All right, let's let's hear them. Okay, uh, we're we're talking animation, so. Let's talk voice work. Who had your favorite performance in this? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd say Marlon. Yeah. 
But I, I, I mean, I freaking love uh, is it Pearl? Yeah, I freaking love Pearl, dude. <laughs> I freaking love that character so much. I want just a just a big hug from Pearl. Okay, and obviously, you know, we love Pixar and we love their little side characters. Uh, who stuck out to you the most? Pearl. Really? I'm Pearl gang, dude. Pearl's the More best than character in the tank. I like Gil. Pearl's the best character in that tank. She doesn't get to do anything other. I mean, she's That's, got the lines, but it's like you get. You the... forget. I get. It hits me the same as Ham, dude. I freaking love Ham too, but it's like uh, every time, every time she says anything, I get a smile on my face. That's that's wild, dude. I might even put Bruce but, ahead of Pearl or of Peach for me. That's what it is, Peach. Nah, yeah, Peach is definitely ahead of Bruce for me as well. Okay, okay. I'm. I I think it's it, Bruce it is goes, up there. Bruce is close, but I don't think you can vote over uh, Gil in this. I think Willem Dafoe brings it um, with the voice work. Uh, just seeing what that character has gone through, how they play against the stereotype. You know, we're expecting one thing. We get a different thing. Um, it's just, yeah, I think that he's a home run in this movie. Yeah, top five for sure. Like Marlon, Nemo, Crush, uh, Pearl, or what's her name? Peach. Peach and Gil. Because Gil's for sure up there too. I love Gil. Speaking of voice work and some of our favorite characters, what do you have a favorite line from the movie? I do. Um, and it's kind of stupid, but it's like, it's the whole point of the movie. I just love when Marlon's talking to Crush. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how do you know if they're ready? And then Crush is like, well, you never really know. But when they know, you know, you know. Mm. <laughs> and that's so freaking good, dude. That's like the whole movie right there, baby. But it's even it's it's like perfectly in character. It's fun wordplay as well, and it just gets a powerful message across. So I think it's just awesome. I think for me, you know, and it doesn't really have to do with the moral of the story or anything. Um, but if there's any scene that really hit me emotionally, um, it's the line from Gil, where the last thing he says to Nemo is. Uh, Say hi to your dad, kid. Mm-hmm. Or he says, "Hey, kid, you know, tell your dad I said hi," and then sends him off on his way. That's just one of those. That's the bond that they have in this movie. Yeah, uh, I really love, and for that to be the last thing that's said between them, really, really. Gets I love. Me. I also love with uh, when Marlon is telling Nemo how old the sea turtle is. Yeah. Yep. Um, that hits. Favorite shot of the movie. Any of those wides, man. I honestly, I really love the shot too when they first run into Bruce. Yeah, I think like that's such an iconic shot. Jump, yeah, it's kind of a jump scare because mm-hmm. it's like he turns around and is going at a certain momentum and is instantly like right in front of uh Bruce, who then has this huge smile and we just see rows and rows and rows of teeth. And then he gets closer, you know, he goes for a bite but is just mm-hmm. laughing, kind of giving him a hard time. Uh, iconic shot for sure but if there's one that really um, hits me it's kind of the whole sequence it's either um, Nemo's um, first ride to school I really love that Mm -hmm. and then the moment that he's swimming back and then the 
scuba diver's head shows up and yeah. that whole sequence is shot to perfection and how Marlon can't act quick because the dude takes a picture of him and he's mm-hmm. you know he's kind of blinded by the flash I think that that's he's blinded by the light yeah <gasps> um rate the music for me oh dude scores top tier Pixar baby I forgot how good it is but it's like as soon as that as soon as that hits with uh like at the beginning with the egg, mm-hmm. tears, and then even at the end, but they're happy tears, baby. <laughs> what the heck? What the heck are we doing here? We're doing exactly what you need to do with the music, and Pixar always, I feel, excels at that. Um, so once again, another top tier, and I'm already going to answer the next one. Top tier Pixar movie, top tier Pixar soundtrack. Okay, what um. What would you say the ideal age for this movie is? Man, I don't know. I don't know, maybe like a like a four. <laughs> yeah, I think this one works for like a younger audience. Um, yeah, which I think goes to show um, the DVD sales. Man, freaking kids, dude, eating it up. Hell yeah! Um, but yeah, I think a, a younger audience works for this one. Um, but yeah, man, Finding Nemo. I don't know. Is it different than you thought it was going to be? Or... It's, I mean, I'm just surprised that when it was overdue, I was like, dang, I've been, I've been putting off this rewatch for too long because finding Nemo freaking slaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I still I don't love Dory. Um, and then I find myself getting more and more mad at Marlon whenever he tries to leave Dory because it's just like, so you, so you're just a closeted Dory lover, dude. I that's kind of a weird dilemma to be in. In one sense, it's like she annoys me, but at the same time, it's like you can't just leave her by herself. She literally can't even remember what happened five <laughs> seconds ago, and you're gonna cross half the ocean and then just say, "Yeah, at this point, yeah. I think I'm gonna go my own <laughs> way. Good luck." It's like, what the fuck is that? Um, you've already run into sharks and jellyfish, and God knows what else is under there. Um, he's depressed dude i get it i get it um if there's one thing he's not that thinking I kinda, clearly if there's one thing actually i'm not even going to say it until we get to finding dory but this is an interest you haven't seen finding dory correct i have not so from your perspective now what sort of things would you want out of a sequel to this movie i don't freaking know man it doesn't need a sequel Okay, so you're just anti, and I already I, all the things that I would want. It's not it doesn't happen. So I guess I'm just going in, hoping for a good a good movie. Because they do have, you know, they intro- They're always good at introducing good new characters. You know, as yeah. much as we love the old ones and we want to see them again, they always find a way to really kind of uh, come up with something new that really is refreshing. Um, but yeah, if there's anything I kind of wished about finding dory it's just you know with finding nemo the ocean we just realized the scale of the ocean and how there's still so much out there to to see um Mm -hmm. i would have liked to explore that a little more in finding dory but that's mostly located in kind of like in a like a big sea world type area okay um so, yeah, like I'd be interested to know what, what's it like in like really cold areas, like super up north. Um, the fish also get cold. You know, what what is that like, like warm to cold climate? Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a, I'd like to meet a crocodile. I don't know. 
Let's just make our own Finding Nemo sequel. What would the next one be? Finding Gil. Where the hell's Gil at? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Man. This movie. No, I'm just kidding. What's the, what's the next one we're doing? Are you freaking kidding me, dude? Oh, it's incredible. Sorry. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me, dude? Just kidding. I'm not, I don't even need to hype it up anymore. I'm just going to say, the next movie we're doing is The Incredibles. Give it a listen if you want to. I'm just going to sit back and let you riff for three hours, like our Toy Story 2. That's perfectly too. fine. <laughs> That's perfectly fine, dude. Okay. Well, this has been fun. I still got time. All right. Uh, thanks, Nate, for joining me to do this. Uh, it was kind of fun getting to go back and forth rather than one person kind of describing the movie. I actually really like that format a lot. Um, unfortunately, not every movie is kind of split into two different storylines. Uh, what are you going to do? But uh, thank you guys for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. We're having a blast going through these Pixar movies. And uh, uh, you're in for a treat next week while we hear Nate freaking bust over the mic. Can't wait, baby. I'm, I'm already hyped. <laughs> Peace. Incredibles, baby. It's going to be incredible. Oh, God. Yeah, we got to end it with that. Mm-hmm.